0: Comics, movies, music, video games,
1: technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
2: You're listening to the Whedonverse Podcast. A retrospective, spoiler-free podcast where we discuss the movies, series, comics, and games created or inspired by Joss Whedon. With your hosts, Mr. Universe... Numb Do the dance of joy! And the Clairvoyant... Well, you're right about this being a bad idea. Also brought to you by the Tangent Bound Network. <sighs> this episode, we'll discuss... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 7, Lie to Me, and Episode 8, The Dark Age, with special guest host, Rob Weeks, from Firefly Podcast. Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 7, Lie to Me. Written and directed by Joss Whedon. Original air date, November 3rd, 1997. Welcome back to the Whedonverse Podcast, Episode 200. Uh, already. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> so I'm Mr. Universe, we're here with the Clairvoyant. Hello. We got a little bit of bad news to kick off this week. So, as you all know, there's a delay, a postponage... Last week, there was no episode. And the reason for that is, this segment here, Lie to Me, we had recorded. It was done, it was good, fine, episode ready to go up, and then the audio file corrupted. Yes. So, we lost everything, and we had to redo it last second. So, that's why there was no episode last week. Very sorry, another one, next week, also corrupted, since we recorded in advance, and we had to redo that one as well. So sorry if things are a little bit janky a little bit weird but that's what happened so lie to me episode 7 of Buffy <laughs> I stumbled there <laughs> so in Finland this episode is called liar and in Germany it's called death death wish
0: <laughs> which same thing
2: yeah yeah lie to me liar in Germany that's a death wish <laughs> And this is written directed by the J-Man. So we've got certain expectations off the bat. We're expecting certain things from you, Joss. We start off in a creepy playground. Nighttime.
0: Yeah. And this is a little boy just chilling at the playground alone. Why?
2: He's waiting for his mom, but she's slacking. She's late doing well, whatever she's doing, leaving him at a playground alone.
0: Why was he there? Like, was he, like, at an event? And she's like, hey, he walked to the playground? Or was she just... Did she leave him at the playground?
2: The ice cream truck came past. and <laughs> Wait well, here, I'll go get one. I promise I'll maybe get you one, too. But, uh, Drusilla shows up. So I'd run. ASAP. Like, what's she doing out? Who let her out of her cage?
0: I feel she's not supposed to be out.
2: But, uh, she starts seeing this creepy little song run and catch run and catch lamb is caught in the blackberry patch ugh I love it (laughs) and she says like the creepiest thing that you could say what will your mummy sing when they find your body
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: oh my god you don't say that to a kid
0: is that a threat
2: That sounds threatening to me. And uh, he says, you know, I'm not supposed to talk to people. And even creepier, well, I'm not a person, see. (laughs) Creepy. Not incorrect. No, she's not lying. But it's terrifying. And uh, Angel, out of the blue, saves the poor dude. And he shoes him away. Go run. Your mom will find you elsewhere, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's clear that he knows this woman, Drusilla, because he knows all the bad vampies. He's like King of the Underworld or something. He used to be. But he seems to know that, or she seems to know, rather, that Angel's changed. He's gone all the way to Buffy. And she says, the girl, the Slayer, your heart stinks of her. And meanwhile, at the worst possible time... (laughs) Buffy walks up and watches them from a rooftop.
0: Why is she on a roof? What's she doing? Parkour. (laughs) Practicing parkour.
2: And... Because the reason it's the worst possible time is because as soon as she walks up, Angel says, This can't go on, Drusilla. It's got to end.
0: (laughs) And Drusilla's being all, like, super touchy-feely with his face.
2: And, like, what timing, man? I swear that she thinks... Angel's cheating on her with all of Sunnydale. because he is. And theme song. And at school, Jenny won't tell Giles where the secret date tomorrow night is being held.
0: I should have. It's cute.
2: (laughs) And he's like, well, how do I know what to wear? It's like, do you own anything else?
0: (laughs) I'd go. I'd just go on a secret date.
2: I think I would. I would be nervous especially if I was dating Jenny Callender and I was Giles. But he says, fine, I put myself in your hands. And of course, her response, "It sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. No. They're adults.
0: Get over it.
2: <laughs> it's just, he's so prudish. And also, they're in school for one. They're yeah, that's, teaching. That's
0: not okay. But they're adults. <laughs>
2: like, in the middle of school, like, Saying this dirty stuff. Like, oh, seeing one teacher say it, it to another wide. teacher.
0: That's not even that dirty. It's, like, an implication.
2: And it's just my little baby Giles, you know? He's so prudish and innocent. And she's like, i f*** you so hard. We know that Giles isn't innocent, though. He was. He is. He wasn't. <laughs> but In the background, there's this weird dude. Got his shirt tucked in. Like, a cream-colored shirt. Into, like, his white pants. And he's got, like, a long, blonde ponytail. (laughs) And he's, like, in the background a lot this evening, and I kept catching my eye. But uh, Buffy shows up, tells Giles that she did a quick few sweeps last night, found nothing, which is a lie. Lie to me. Take a shot. Well,
0: she did really find nothing. Nothing, like, Slayer-wise, as far as we're concerned.
2: I would say, hey, I saw this lady vamp. She doesn't know it's a vampire. Fair. Either way... Lie to me. We got one lie. Cool. And Giles points out that Buffy's a little bit glum, which I noticed also. She seems a bit distant. And, uh-oh.
0: When she was bad.
2: Because, yeah, that's this is how Bitka Buffy started out. And... Just double-checking to make sure I was recording. <laughs> Giles suggests Buffy takes the night off. Spends it with Angel. And she's like, he might have other plans And just walks away Mm -hmm. It's like, no wonder He's always confused by teenagers He's like, what did I do? What did I say, man? (laughs) But uh, in class, Buffy and Will are passing notes I don't know why Joss went with this direction But there's like super zoomed close-ups Every time they hand the note to each other And you don't read the note, you just see the note being passed
0: well, you have to know that that's what they're doing. You got to make sure, because we're focusing on Cordelia talking about Marie Antoinette. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, she's pretty upset uh, that her skewed version of the French Revolution took place. <laughs> and she mentions the let, let them eat cake line that Marie Antoinette supposedly said, let's talk about that for a bit because it bugs me, because she never did say that. That was not a Marie Antoinette line.
0: Yeah, and no, that kind of sucks because, like, let them eat cake, it makes it feel like, you know, like, oh, if the peasants are so hungry, why don't they just eat cake? You know, it, ma- it paints her as really naive and, uh, you know, so, like, blinded by her own luxury that, you know, that she's an idiot. But she never even said that.
2: Yeah, she and never... And so
0: she's forever painted as an idiot who got her head cut off. <laughs>
2: and got kirsten dunce playing her in a movie poor girl really but (laughs) but in the background i noticed in this scene there's a girl with dreads and they're all pulled back into one really big dread (laughs) and just the 90s man you gotta love it no (laughs) no you don't no (laughs) and after class ponytail white pants is the first to leave just ahead of the gang willow explains to xander kind of what's happening and Xander's like, if Angel does does something wrong, I want to know. Because it gives me a happy. (laughs) Which,
0: that line kind of bugs me. Gives me a happy. Why? It's
2: such a Joss line.
0: Yeah, but it makes me, how it gives me mental images.
2: (laughs) But Xander suggests, you know, we could do a crazy dance party at the bronze. And Buffy's like, "Uh," like, we could have a calm dance party at the bronze. And Buffy's like, eh. He's like, we could do moping at the bronze. <laughs> but uh hunky guy shows up. Pike.
0: He's he's essentially Pike.
2: <laughs> so, and he says, I'd suggest Oreos dunked in apple juice. But maybe she's over that phase. And they know each other. It's an old friend from Buffy's past who is, I'm a thousand percent positive he was based off of
0: Pike. He's just Pike.
2: And also. He, he looks like Pike. He talks like Pike. He's kinda got a similar backstory to Pike.
0: And also, what's with the Oreos and Apple juice? That's not okay. That's not good. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's mixing things that I I'm a fan of apple juice. As soon the day they made powdered apple juice, I'm on that. But but Oreos and apple juice? Why? Why would you do that?
2: <laughs> but uh they know each other. His name's Ford, he calls her Summers. And Billy Fordham's his full name, Billy Pike Fordham, and Pike from the movie. If you haven't caught on, and he was Buffy's fifth grade crush, and he's in town to finish his senior year, which is unPike like because Pike was already graduated in the movie. Was he? He was, or dropped out. He just wasn't in school either way. <laughs> but he went to Henry High with Buffy, and I kind, you know, I. It kind of like that, and I kind of don't. I like it that Henry High is Buffy's school from the continuity of the show, her old school.
0: You mentioned that in the pilot, though. Right. Or in first, rather in the first episode.
2: Right, and I like that to a degree, but I also don't like it because it makes the movie canon, which makes no sense. Or, like, half canon, at least.
0: No, not necessarily. Both, I mean, like, it's, Henry's also the name of the school in the, uh in the comic that is canon. That's fair. So, like, you know, it's both have a school called Henry, both freaks and geeks, and Buffy have the how-funky-is-your-chicken cheer. That doesn't make them in the same universe.
2: (laughs) That's true. How-funky-is-your-chicken, how-loose-is-your-goose. But, uh, Buffy says, you know, I moped over you for months listening to that Divinal song, I Touch Myself. haven't (laughs) kind of, what? uh, Of course, I had no idea what it was about.
0: (laughs) And let's be honest, you were, what, 10, 11 years old? You knew what it was about.
2: <laughs> but fun fact, that the Divinals did a lot of music for the movie, too. So my theory that this is Pike in disguise <laughs> is starting to shape up. <laughs> Not even a good disguise, because he kind of looks like Luke Perry.
0: Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> well, I guess looking like 90s Luke Perry,
2: isn't it? Yeah, that's a dream of mine. <laughs> Fun fact, the guy who played for it actually co-starred with SMG in The Grudge. So this isn't their first time together. Well, it's their first time. It's not their only time.
0: Yeah, it's it's their first time, but it won't be their last.
2: (laughs) And uh, Buffy invites him to tag along to the bronze, and he's like, would I be imposing? Xander's great response, only in the literal sense.
0: (laughs) Which he seems to not notice, because they're all cool. Let's go.
2: Yeah, like Xander's obviously (laughs) casually... Insulting him, and he's like, All right, awesome. Like, it went over his head. Bobby decides to show Pike, <laughs> decides to show Ford to the administrative office. And Xander says a very non PC line, a line that would not make it on TV today because of how everything's changed. He says, Geez, doesn't she know any fat guys? I think they'd make it on TV. You know, I think society has really changed, and you know, a lot of people watching this for the first time now, hate Xander. Absolutely. Absolutely hate him because of the things he says that are no longer okay by today's standards. And I think that's not fair. I think you have to look at it from a 90s lens when things are okay. Because people hate Xander, say he's misogynistic and awful, and it's like, these things are now considered misogynistic, but they weren't at the time where Joss Whedon, feminist extraordinaire, would not have wrote and, <laughs> written them.
0: Yeah, like it's, he... He says things that, I I think they'd still make it into TV today, but they'd paint him as a very different character.
2: Yeah, so if you're a Xander hater, you gotta look at this through a different lens, because
0: <laughs> if, we're basically saying, if you don't like Xander... You're
2: wrong, and you just gotta That's watch sorry. it differently, watch it better.
0: <laughs> Pay closer attention.
2: <laughs> no, but... That's one thing that's kind of unique about old shows that are off the air, is the tone of them kind of changes over time as society shifts because it's undeniably shifted.
0: Yeah. So well, even like if we're comparing like, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer to like Game of Thrones, how vastly different. If you know, someone asked me once, which which do I like better, I those are so incomparable. Like, (laughs) just the way television has changed over the years, and the direction it's going.
2: Yeah. So, not... eh, You you just, if you don't like Xander, you're wrong, is essentially what I'm saying. You're just wrong. And I could name drop, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) No, a lot of our Twitter followers really don't like him. And I guess I can see where they're coming from. But I'm just giving my perspective on on it all.
0: And our perspective
2: is law. (laughs) So... Willow finally gets what the song's about. <laughs> right before the scene change, she's like, oh, that's what the song is about.
0: And I feel that she's innocent enough that she actually got it wrong.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like that she, she realized what the song's about, but then she even her realization was wrong and super innocent.
2: <laughs> so at the bronze later, Ford's playing pool with Willow and Xander.
0: His name is Pike. <laughs> I wrote Pike in all my notes. His name's Pike.
2: Uh, Song playing is Lois by Willoughby's. Or Lois on the Brink, rather. And they're playing pool. And can you imagine that kind of awkward encounter?
0: I don't know. They seem like just straight, like... It didn't seem like awkward at all. It seemed like they just jumped straight into it. Like, like he he seems cool enough that he just shows up and he's confident. Like, hey, you guys want to play pool? And he's like, let me tell you some stories about Buffy when she was a kid. <laughs> and...
2: Yeah, and... So Buffy shows up and Willow's like, hey, is just telling us about, you know, the ninth grade swimsuit competition. And Buffy's like, no. <laughs> I wrote down that I didn't like Willow's shirt. But since we're re-recording this well after we originally had recorded it, I couldn't tell you what the shirt was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wrote, it's a bunch of rows of pink with white faces all over it. Oh, so
0: you described it in your notes.
2: Yeah, but I don't remember it. Go back and watch it. Tell me if you like it. Tweet me at WhedonCast. But he says, "I know all your darkest secrets, Summers and Xander. Care to make a wager on that?" <laughs> so
0: he doesn't know she died.
2: Yeah, he has know everything. But Buffy goes to get a drink, and she bumps into Angel. He's just
0: chilling at the bar.
2: Like, why is he here? Does he go to the Bronze to socialize on his own? It doesn't feel like something he'd do. I don't feel like he'd like to socialize if he didn't have to.
0: I honestly feel like he was expecting Buffy to be there and to notice him. I feel that's what he does most of the time, to be (laughs) honest.
2: And there's a cut line in the script here where he mentions that, yeah, he eats sometimes, just not for nutritional value, just because he's bored.
0: (laughs) Which, I feel you, Angel, <laughs> I because
2: I'm bored too. <laughs> <laughs> He's a stress eater like us. <laughs> but here's a thought. Other vamps get money from killing people, presumably. Where does Angel get his seemingly endless supply of money from? Because he doesn't kill people, and certainly they don't accept doubloons or whatever the hell he he collected in his days of killing.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he
2: works night shifts at the graveyard.
0: I can see him stealing. I can see him, like, stealing out of necessity.
2: Or, like, maybe pawning off stuff.
0: Or maybe he's, like, the phantom of the opera and he's like, you owe me 20,000 francs.
2: Well, the even weirder thing is he doesn't need money. He's a vampire. He doesn't need this fantasy decorations as else. He doesn't need to go buy food. (laughs) So the fact that he has money and doesn't need it what kind of person are you angel (laughs) but xander is way too excited to tell ford that that's buffy's bow over there it's almost like a if i can't have her you sure as hell can't have her either (laughs)
0: yeah
2: (laughs) is he older than her you're not wrong
0: (laughs) (laughs) alexander's just constant you're not wrong
2: (laughs) <laughs> meanwhile Bobby's talking to Angel and she asks him like what'd you do last night he's like nothing she, oh you ceased to exist he's like I stayed in and read."
0: which and I don't know why he lied to her honestly. lie to
2: me take a shot
0: no but I don't know why he lied to her because it's like you'd think but to run into you know Drusilla someone that clearly this, this, this monster from your past that you want to escape from that that you, that everyone is presumed dead at this point, see so some something in Prague. It, and you'd think that would stick out in your mind. You know? <laughs> like, what did you do last night? Oh, I battled, with, well, I guess he's always battling demons in his past, but still, <laughs> this is not a, a minor thing that you just, oh, I stayed in red.
2: There's a couple theories I have for why. One is maybe it legitimately wasn't a big point of his night, and he forgot. Like, maybe he was just like, oh, yeah, I stayed in red for, like, 95% of the night, went out for a breath of fresh air, ran into somebody, went back home.
0: Ran into, like, an old, evil friend who I haven't seen for 400 years in well, Europe that happens to be in town, and I didn't stake her.
2: <laughs> another theory, <laughs> another theory is that he didn't want to see a hero, because he's too good for that. He saved the little boy. And yet another theory is maybe he doesn't want Buffy to know that Drusilla's in town. Like, not because he wants Drusilla to hurt Buffy, but because he, like, he's got a past with her, clearly, and he doesn't want Buffy to hurt her or go hunting or get overly worried over her. That's fair. So that's those are some theories I got. Or Angel's b bad to the bone.
0: He likes to lie so he gets his rocks off. <laughs>
2: but... <laughs> Uh, so Buffy shows up, and with Angel introduces. Ford shakes hands with him, and he says they're Pike. cold. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I love Xander's just little interjections. You're not wrong. But Buffy suddenly, it's a little crowded in here. I'm pretty warm. You want to take a walk, Pike? <laughs> I noticed when he says that he he does. She's like, yeah, I'll go. His mouth doesn't move just the audio
0: the audio moves
2: it's like it's like they had a shot of him saying yes and they had a shot where he didn't but he looked good so they did both best of both
0: worlds
2: (laughs) editing but as much as I ship Buffy and Angel I really do think they have a textbook toxic relationship because it feels like she's always trying to one up him and they're always trying to make each other jealous and they don't need to be jealous they just need to relax (laughs) Yeah, they just
0: need to chill. I I guess I had like a like looking back, I'm sure we all had a like just an awful teenage relationship where you look back and it's like why the hell were we both so dramatic? Like it's like we both went out of our way to cause problems to make it I don't know, interesting or something. Like I feel like that's what they're about. Like
2: (laughs) And everybody I think or most people have do have relationships like that, and that's why a lot of people like them. Uh, I feel like they're a good first relationship, or they're a normal one at least. Not a necessarily lasting forever relationship.
0: Absolutely not, no. These, uh, they don't they don't work out. Well, I mean, a lot of people can definitely relate to their relationship in a lot of ways. You know, the whole, I mean, there's so many things about it, the Romeo and Juliet, Forbidden Love, and there's all these different aspects of it. So, but it's, yeah, it's relatable, but it's not a good relationship. Not to say that if you relate, your relationship isn't good, but theirs is, uh, they got some problems they got to work out.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Disclaimer, <laughs> if you have a Bangel relationship, don't dump them after hearing this. Um, I think I missed a lie. Because Buffy said she's warm and wanted to go for a walk. We don't know if that's true. She wanted to make Angel jealous, I'm assuming. So take a shot. Uh, Ford shake or Ford is a genuinely nice dude because he tells Angel to take care. Have a good night, man. Like, wow. Swoon. <laughs> no, I'm not swooning over Pike. And Xander, once more with tension and super sweet, just willowy willow, Okay. invites Angel she's like hey you wanna come play pool with us it's just sweet it feels like
0: Willow like because because Buffy's in a relationship with Angel Willow's automatically like Angel's a friend of mine but she you know she's like never like she knows nothing about this guy it feels like she really wants to just get to know Angel because Buffy loves him so much and then it just never works out
2: <laughs> yeah cause boom he's gone she she uh He blames Xander. You made him do that thing where he's gone. (laughs) Outside, Buffy hears a noise, so tells Ford she left her purse inside, and he has to run, quick, back to the bronze and get it. (laughs) Which, she didn't bring a purse, so that's going to play out awkwardly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what's he. I I, I guess she's thinking on her feet, but he gets there. It's like, oh, Buffy doesn't. Didn't bring a purse because Buffy
2: doesn't have a purse. He's back. oh, silly me, I forgot I don't. I
0: forgot I've never owned one.
2: (laughs) So she runs down an alley. And we hear a woman crying. We hear a bunch of fighting effects. And Ford kind of overhears and turns back. And he sees the woman run past. And then he sees some scenery get smashed up before he sees Buffy fighting with a vampy and staking him. There's a vamp death count of uno. and Buffy's an awful save after she notices Ford watching this whole thing. Yeah. There was a cat and another cat, and then I fought the cats, and they left. <laughs> Which, maybe it's a vamp death count, too. We don't know. She maybe, implies there was more than one cat.
0: But maybe she's, like, maybe she's, you know, like, talking all, like, all jive. Like, there were two cats, and now they're gone. You dig. Like
2: That's such a bad save though. Like I don't even know what to say to it. But we're gonna save vamp one because we don't know for sure. And one may have legitimately just left. <laughs> maybe it was the woman running past. we don't know. And he says, Oh, I just thought you were slaying a vampire.
0: <laughs> Whoa, bombshell.
2: And she's like what in a what? <laughs> and he's like, I've been trying to figure out the right time to tell you. I know you're the slayer and What? He says, You don't have to lie, which Shots, shots! shot, 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 Shots! That's such a, like, that's a...
0: That makes things easier. But also, how does he know what a Slayer is? Like, did he, like, start suspecting things? He start noticing symptoms and, like, what? WebMD'd it? It's like, you are a vampire Slayer.
2: This is super creepy. I found a cat's whisker. Oh, <sighs> But... At home, Buffy's telling Willow what we were just talking about, how it's super easy. You know, it's it's just makes things a lot easier. He found out before he left Hemery. Willow thinks it's neat with her little cute nightie and her fuzzy little slippers.
0: Only thing I remember about that scene is her slippers.
2: <laughs> That's adorable. And yeah, there's, it just makes everything easier. So we cut to everything not being easier. So four goes to a creepy door and he's laid inside. There's people welding in there. <laughs> which, you know, that doesn't seem safe. It's some sort of club. It seems like a safety hazard. And inside the club, the Sisters of Mercy are playing a song called Neverland, and everybody's dressed like stupid vampires, like stereotypical Dracula Halloween costume vampires. Yeah, and I want to know why every...
0: like this is. There are two clubs in Sunnydale.
2: One, supposedly, in, but then we found... There's the bronze,
0: out. and then there's this secret club. Why are all clubs and warehouses and industrial buildings?
2: <laughs> and, yeah, because there's supposed to be only be one club. This must be one of those secret hangouts that nobody knows about. But a dude dressed in a stupid vampire cape is grilling Ford for more information on, you know, what are we going to do? When are we going to do it? And he just keeps saying, soon, soon, just chill. And he's like, the lease is almost up on this place. Like, who's going to cover that if we don't get this done in time? And he's like, Marvin, just relax. <laughs> So of course Diego man My name's Diego now oh, I already get the sense This guy's super lame
0: He reminds me of the guy From Big Wolf on campus
2: He really does And Merton is his name I believe On Big Wolf on campus So it fits And a blonde chick Named Chanterelle Comes up Gives Ford a drink And that's the name Of a mushroom So I hope that's not Her real name
0: Chanterelle dreadful
2: <laughs> and she's played by Julia Lee, who had also auditioned for Buffy. Fun fact. She was one of those ones that they called back and said, you know, let's get you in a different role. It's the movie they're watching on their big screen in this club is uh, an adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. And then Ford says, well, we have a chance to... To live young and stay pretty, which is a reference to a Humphrey Bogart movie, Knock on Any Door. It's a famous line, live fast, die young, and leave a beautiful corpse. But, man, yeah, I have a feeling these guys are a little bit obsessed with vampires. Yeah, it's like they
0: worship vampires, but not like the cool kind, like, not like those frats worshipping that demon. No, they're like worshipping vampires, like, like, this is, I guess, this is pre-Tumblr. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> this is a, these people. If we time shifted this twenty years in the future, these people would be. <laughs> they just
0: they'd have a like an otaku board or something. Maybe.
2: Vampires <laughs> yeah dot dot com. But he and, starts melting along with the movie, which is even worse.
0: <laughs> I think if <laughs> if the Weevers podcast never gets a Tumblr, that's their, that's their Tumblr name right there.
2: <laughs> it absolutely is. Nobody take it, but. Man, I have a Whedon podcast. I am not that level of lame where I'm mouthing along with a vampire. I
0: I think we're getting there.
2: (laughs) But Willow gets a knock on her outside door. It's Angel. He wants to talk to her. Maybe he wants to play that game of pool. We don't know. And she invites him in and immediately starts hiding underwear. (laughs) Which I feel like, you know, I'm assuming, so correct me if I'm wrong, Twitter... This is, would be a common teenage girl behavior in this situation. I feel like, well, maybe not even girl. This is a common well, teenager. I feel like everybody has messy rooms on their teenagers, underwear thrown everywhere. Some member of the opposite gender shows up unexpectedly. You're going to start hiding stuff. Nah,
0: I don't care. Like, hey, yeah, check out my Avengers boxes. Like,
2: <laughs> I guess it depends on the person. <laughs> But I feel like that's common teenager practice but like, I'm not supposed to have boys in my room which is cute it is and she, he's like I promise to behave myself you'd better and they have the zeroest amount of chemistry ever so I'm not worried <laughs> but uh he wants her to track someone down on the net and she's like oh really who he's like Billy Fordham
0: that's Pike's real name <laughs>
2: And so she's like, Angel, if I say something you really don't want to hear, do you promise not to bite me? (laughs) And she says that she just thinks he's jealous. And she's got a weird baby mobile on her roof.
0: You should really be careful, Willow, of what you say to a vampire who has now been invited into your house and knows where you live for some reason.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Angel mentions that he never used to get jealous, but a you know, hundred years hanging out, feeling guilty, honing his brooding skills. He was pretty good at it until Buffy came along and now he's jealous all the time. <laughs> too often. But his gut tells him that Ford is weird. And his hunch is right because Willow finds that he's not actually even registered at Sunnydale High. Before they could get too into it, though, Willow's mom calls her from upstairs, downstairs rather, and she has to shoo Angel away.
0: Next. Willow's room, the same room it was last season? Because it doesn't look like it.
2: I don't know. We didn't get a really good look at it last well, season. Well, I mean,
0: last season, uh, the, the only time I think we see it is when it was in the episode with Malik. Right. We see, like, her computer and stuff like that. Well, we, In so one, of one of
2: the finales also, next day at school, Willow is the most painfully awful liar of all time.
0: Yeah. She's super super jittery and
2: Lie to me, man. Lie to me, Willow. Take a shot. Uh, Buffy thinks that Willow probably had some coffee. <laughs> she's like, Yeah, it makes me jumpy.
0: <laughs> Which seems like an actual
2: Seems accurate.
0: Yeah, it seems like it could have been could have been the truth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and behind them is a poster for widespread panic. WP. They must rock because they're everywhere. But Giles tries to awkwardly show up and give Buffy Jenny's pager number in case she needs to beep him. <laughs> but he, he really just doesn't understand technology at all.
0: <laughs> so were pages like I don't know were pages around for a long time or were they just like a brief period of the nineties?
2: I have no idea. I don't remember them being used. Why? I don't
0: remember them being used either. At, um, t- like until I watched like TV shows from the nineties. It's like, I lived the entirety of the 90s and I don't remember pages. Yeah, I
2: feel like they were common, but we just never paid attention because we never had them. But, little does Giles know, he's being filmed on a technology. To be watched on technologies. So, (laughs) (laughs) the irony. Uh, Buffy tells him, hey, Ford knows. uh, He already knew. He thinks that, like, Did you just tell him to try and impress him? Yeah.
0: Are you using your destiny to impress boys?
2: But uh, no, she's like, no, you already knew, I swear. And he's like, okay, well, go experience this thing called fun. Or she tells him, go experience this thing called fun. And do do they know about fun in England? And Chow's like, yes, but it's considered very poor taste to have any. (laughs)
0: Which is true.
2: Outside, Buffy's given a little tour of Sunnydale. Before her and Pike agree that it's really dull. And they see vamps, though, because it's getting a bit dark. And so they both whip out stakes. And, like, if he wasn't a dingus, he'd be a pretty cool sidekick to have.
0: (laughs) And why are the vamps just, like, running around on campus? I don't
2: know. But he's kind of like Pike, except cool. But Bobby gets attacked by a lady vamp and a manly vamp. And she gets knocked off the balcony by the manly vamp and stakes him so that's a vamp death count two and Ford tells the lady vamp you gotta tell me what I wanna know and I'll let you live which man stop stop it and fun fact the lady vamp is played by Buffy's stunt double Julie Michaels but uh Pike tells Buffy that he staked the other vamp when she comes back up and I'm not buying it for a second
0: yeah no I doubt it But he seems to at least, he's like, it was weird, just turned to dust.
2: Yeah. Uh, Xander, Willow, and Angel are all going to the address Willow pulled up, which is the Sunset Club. And how did they pull up the address? Is that where he registered he was living? Maybe?
0: I have no
2: idea. And so he just keeps finding new clubs. But Angel tells the doorman, oh, we're friends of Ford's, and surprisingly that works. And they sneak in to a song called Reptile by Creaming Jesus, which is a disgusting band name. And, like, why does this club only play the creepiest, like, dartiest industrial music?
0: It's an industrial club.
2: (laughs) It's ridiculous that Angel, the real vampire, looks really not at home here in all these dweebs.
0: (laughs) They're in dumb capes and like, I want to suck your blood. And like...
2: Really, guys? And each of them to check downstairs, and Xander's grave almost sure thing, bossy the cow. Which <laughs> is a Sesame Street reference, and also dumb. Really dumb. But I love it. And well, says that they're sticking out like a sore thumb, and do sore, sore thumbs really stick out? And they have a little discussion about it.
0: Yeah, she's like, have you ever seen a thumb and just thought, that made me sore?
2: <laughs> As they walk past, a vampire in a coffin greets them. Like, hey. (laughs) Which is so dumb. And he's played by the makeup dude, Todd McIntosh. Which is kind of funny, since he makes the real vamps look that way. But he's playing a stupid fake vamp. Like, they clearly couldn't find any extras for this episode. They couldn't afford any or whatever. (laughs) Just real crew. There's lots of instances of very like Joss-like writing here like, Xander says there's a vampire's yay theme to the party and stuff. And, and let me know if you disagree, but I feel like like it's, since it's got a lot of Joss writing, which is good, but the episode as a whole almost doesn't feel like it's got the same caliber of awesomeness yet that his other episodes have.
0: Yeah, so, so far, I would agree. It definitely really feels like his writing, but it, the, the plot isn't feeling super inspired.
2: <laughs> yeah, and like... The other writers do well enough to capture this voice you can you know, you can tell it's different writers, but you can they do a good enough job but this yeah it feels like it feels like Joss, but it feels like not up there with his other episodes but uh, maybe I'm not explaining it right. I hope you understand it at home listeners um, but uh chanterelle greets them, calls them newbies, <laughs> and she's like talking about fan. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, vampires are just lonely and just misunderstood, and they don't want to hurt anybody. The lonely soul. She tells us to angel all people. (laughs) It's just they're creatures above us, exalted. He's just mad.
0: Oh, he gets furious. He's like, "You're such a dumbass."
2: He's super frustrated, and she's like, "Whatever. All opinions are valid," and she walks away. Wow. And Angel's like, I've seen this kind before. They don't know a thing about vampires. They don't know what they do, how they kill, how they dress. (laughs) And as he says this, a dude walks past dressed exactly the same as Angel, which is a fantastic sight gag. It's just so dumb. I love it. It's perfect timing.
0: Now, this club, I mean, the people who occupy it are pretty creepy. But it'd be cool to like have like a. It looks like a nice little cozy place, a secret clubhouse for people with common interests. <laughs> just the common interest itself is kind of not my bag. <laughs> but if it was something else, yeah, I'd go hang out in that clubhouse.
2: <laughs> See, modern day equivalent is people all gathering in a basement playing Magic: The Gathering.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, later, Buffy's apologizing. For calling Jenny and Giles, making them leave the date early,
0: which Giles is heartbroken about. Yeah,
2: he, he seems like he hated whatever it was, and monster trucks. We soon find out. <laughs> so they have a little bit of a lovers' quarrel over it. And, I've uh,
0: been to a monster truck rally once. It was really loud. It's not Giles's thing at all. <laughs>
2: but uh, Buffy. Send says that she sent Ford home, and uh, she finds a pic in Jos's book, which is Drusilla. Ooh, and she is like, oh, she died. Yeah, she died in Prague. But Buffy's like, no, I saw her. Well, I'm a bit confused. Is why did she call Jaws and Jenny? Like, is it because they fought two vampires? Because if so, that's not a reason to call them off a date.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know.
2: Like, maybe she remembered Drusilla. I don't, I'm sure they explained it, and we did, we failed to write it down, but, and now we're recording this forever later, but, uh, I don't know, but Giles says, okay, I'll do some research, we're gonna figure this out, but as soon as he said that stump Buffy vampire that, that Pike had let free, steals a book and just pieces, just runs out from his office with the book in hand. <laughs> the seventh Harry Potter book.
0: It wasn't out yet.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. Only the first one was out yet, was it? Yeah, it yeah,
0: would have been. Yeah,
2: been. First few. <laughs> but uh, Jaws was super upset that I took a book. That's my book! <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the, the weirdest thing, dude.
0: Poorly guarded library, but a vampire just runs in, takes a book and leaves. But that, why? Give
2: Give it back. <laughs> this is the least secure library in the world. But uh, Buffy, while Jaws is upset over his book, Buffy is upset that Ford didn't kill the vampire that he said he did. Meanwhile, Drusilla's talking to a dead bird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? It's kind of <laughs> cute, though.
2: It is. She's like, don't you love me anymore? And Spike's not happy. He's trying to have a, a for realsies heart-to-heart talk with Drusilla. She's grounded. Like, like, why did you go out on a hunt? What's wrong with you? I found out you left. And she's like, I'll pout if you don't sing. (laughs) And, like, vampires can talk, they can smoke, and now apparently they can whistle, but they can't breathe to resurrect Buffy.
0: Angel was bored. He was lazy. He didn't want to do it. I'm not feeling it. Well, see, I mean, CPR is no fun for anyone involved. (laughs) You do it. Vampires can't.
2: Maybe maybe he was lying since that's the theme of this episode lie to me even though that was last season and he was afraid that he would push too hard and break her ribs and kill her further (laughs) i don't know that was a bad rationalization uh but spikes yeah he's trying to real talk her she's not listening meanwhile she's like i'll give you a seed if you sing
0: (laughs) one seed
2: it's so cute (laughs) one single seed I don't even know what kind of seed a flax seed a sesame seed pumpkin seed either way it's cute but he's like your your bird's dead Drew you put it in a cage you didn't feed it and now it's dead like the last one (laughs) and so she whimpers (laughs) creepy (laughs) and so of course that wins him over he apologizes I'll get you a new bird and uh, Tinky Tinkley creepy celesta music here in the background so yay christoph beck and suddenly ford just walks up this is so cool yeah what the hell are you doing god damn it and he like knows who spike is he's like hey you're spike and spike's for us like, just do we have anybody on watch like yeah is everyone what... asleep or did we find a restaurant that delivers <laughs> i was saying
0: the same thing like he's like is he completely unguarded also how did he know where to find spike in the first place
2: luck i don't know but stunt buffy shows up brings bu- spike a book what i like about this is we don't find out in this scene what this book's for this whole we episode we don't find out what this book's for but okay. we will eventually
0: which is really cool because it's the first time that it's like
2: planning ahead
0: yeah it's like we're, we don't find out in this episode we don't find out in the next episode like it's it's the first real instance of a season-long thing that isn't resolved within a two-episode
2: arc it's like long term planning yeah but uh while Spike's kind of perusing ford's like hey i can bring you something you want and he's like that's where you say i have 30 seconds to convince you not to kill me and it's tradition (laughs) spike's not having it like life is not a movie man that makes me so mad (laughs) this is not a movie
0: It's Yeah, Pike, you're not from the movie.
2: (laughs) And Spike goes to kill him. He's like, I don't go much for tradition. But uh, he makes Spike say it anyway. (laughs) He's like, you have 30 seconds to convince me not to kill you. Like, half-assed.
0: Yeah, he's so done.
2: And he tells Spike that, I want to be a vampire. You make me a vampire and I'll give you what you want. And Spike's like... Man, I've known you for two minutes. I couldn't picture an eternity with you in it. (laughs) Which, good point. And he offers a trade. Pike does. Make me a vampire and I'll give you the Slayer. Dun, dun, dun. He's a bad guy.
1: Surprise.
2: Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. Pike went bad in between the movie and the show. But at home, Angel Bot asks Buffy... If he can come in. And Buffy's like, well, c- can't you come in? He's like, oh, I, c- I can, but I was being polite.
0: It is so gentlemanly. So
2: gentlemanly. And you to tell Buffy about Ford, but she's not happy. Because everyone's in on the conspiracy but her. He mentions, oh, so me and Will and Xander checked out. She's like, excuse me? Exact <laughs> words. No, exact words. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and she asked Angel, no, before I talk to you, who's Drusilla? Bitka. and she's like don't lie to me because i'm tired of it so take a shot and he's like some lies are necessary so, sometimes so the truth is shot,
0: worse." take a shot when someone says the word lie or mm-hmm. when someone lies yes then she just said don't lie to me that's episode title shouldn't we just finish our drink at this point
2: <laughs> there we go but uh he says some lies are necessary sometimes the truth is worse she's like i can take the truth Kind of like that. She's you know, hardened. Well, because she just smoked a big cigarette before saying that. Uh, and he asks, and I know this is going to bug you, Clairvoyant. Do you love me? <laughs> oh. And she says, I love you, but I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know why I'm making fun of this so much because I really do ship them. But,
0: but oh, my God. You you haven't even said, like, you haven't said the BFGF words yet. You haven't even... But and now you're jumping to, uh, I love you. But,
2: ah, and also, she said it.
0: Like, <laughs> okay, when you're at this point in the relationship, I love you should come now. You never ask someone if they love you because that just creates an awkward situation everywhere. Do you love me? Don't ever ask that unless... It's been established,
2: and I, no, there's no reason to ever ask that question. Clairvoyant, do you love me? No. Lie to me. Yeah, uh, uh, you caught me <laughs> rocking <on>. her. <laughs> I want
0: to say no, but you said lie to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but,
0: um, but okay. And also, what bugs me about this is she says I love you, but. I don't know if I can trust you. I'm afraid with no trust, there's no love.
2: <laughs> but uh, Angel says, "Baby, you shouldn't do either. I'm really overdramatic in this scene.
0: They're really overdramatic <laughs> in this scene.
2: But he's like, I did a lot of bad things, but Drusilla was the worst. And he <laughs> just says she was pure and sweet and chaste. And so he, made he her admits insane. to doing Drusilla. <laughs> he made her insane, killed everyone she loved, tortured her. And then on the day she became a nun, sired her. That's not bad. That's awesome. That's a sweet backstory, man. That's so messed up. <laughs> That's a super villain backstory if I've ever heard one. And uh, he tells her about Ford. Like I know this is gonna upset you, and then fade to black. Bullet. Next day, Buffy's got a bread in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the important news out of the way first. And Ford shows up, and I like how it's the same actor. It's the same dialogue. But the music and the camera angles and everything just makes it seem menacing now. Like, it's the same everything. And if they did this earlier in this episode, said these exact same words, we'd be like, oh, it's just Ford, chill. But no, it's different now. And he's like, I have an idea, but it's a secret. And, And I noticed he's not a vamp yet. Because it's daytime and he's out.
0: Yeah. Good observation.
2: Thank you. Uh, Buffy agrees to meet him at nine for a date. And he's like, it's going to be fun. Creeper. And Willow and Xander find out that Buffy knows. And Willow's like, well, when Angel came to my bedroom, and Xander's like, wait, wait, Angel came to your bedroom? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Ours is a forbidden love. <laughs>
0: I like how Buffy in the scene is just so, almost cold towards
2: them. Well, because she's just mad. They knew yeah. and she didn't, they didn't tell her.
0: Yeah, well, that, that everyone has just been going behind her back.
2: Everyone's been lied to me, But uh, at the clubs, uh, Ford calls the girl Chanterelle. This is the first time we hear it in the episode. He calls her Chanterelle. I spoiled it. The mushroom, and. She's like, I'm not nervous. I'm ready for the change. huh? <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, Everett's kind of stressing out about the big change, and Ford's like, it's going to be fine. And Buffy shows up, no, it's not. And, and I'm sorry, I couldn't wait till tonight. I'm rash and impulsive. It's a flaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she said that his flaw is that he's a lying to me scumbug. Stop. And she's, just, she's like, everybody lies to me. And Buffy asks... They betray
0: me. They don't give the promise. I don't care anymore. There's a
2: Room reference. The Room, the film. Go watch it now. That's my plug.
0: Yeah, but, all Buffy fans.
2: <laughs> there's no correlation between the two works. But uh, she's like... He mentions that I was going to be one of them. And she's like, realizes that oh, there's going to be a trade. And he's like, This was my plan all along. You were supposed to show up early. I'm a supervillain. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, I'm an just,
2: Italian supervillain. I, super I watched too many movies. So they sealed the big steel doors that were being welded earlier. And, like, man, when I first saw this, and I'm sure you can attest to this. I felt so claustrophobic.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'm not claustrophobic, but being locked so, shush, in a vault.
0: I'm claustrophobic.
2: So. just being sealed in tight and welded. Yeah, and they're like once closed, they can only be open from the outside. And, and these crazy cultist guys, they're like, oh, "We'll all be enlightened." And like no one gets out of here alive. Why are you fighting this? It's what we want. Uh, uh, so Buffy. You don't now, know what
0: you want. Yeah. Smack some sense into you, goddamn.
2: So Buffy rants at them, and Diego. She taints us. She's a non-believer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: immediately calls out his dorky
2: outfit. And even four degrees. He's like, man, no, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, his alarm goes off and it's like 620. It says 627. He's like, sunset. It's a time. And like actually Ford in California on November 3rd, 1997 the sun began to set at 4.58 p.m. So you could have started your damn plan an hour and a half ago. <laughs> like, but does it have to be sunset or just dark? Like when could vampires officially come out?
0: I think they're waiting just for Buffy to show up.
2: Yeah. So Spike tells his troops he wants a slayer, everyone else is fair game. And he keeps mentioning this vampire named Lucius. Like Lucius man, I don't know. Which is
0: cooler than like Darla, Luke, and Thomas and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, that's a good vamp name. And Ford admits that he's the only one getting changed to Buffy. He's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just me, Goyle. And she tells him, you know, it's not you. You die, and a demon sets up shop, and it walks, and it talks, and it remembers, but it's not you, and he's like, it's better than nothing. I think that's
0: such a great description of a vampire. You know, it takes your body, and it sets up shop, it walks, and talks, and it remembers the things you remembered, but it's not you. It's like, yeah, like, it's almost like, Your soul doesn't contain your memories, it just contains the essence of who you are. And then, you know, your soul goes and gets replaced with like an almost like black matter anti soul. And so all of you is still there except the part that made you a good person.
2: Yeah. And she's like, these people don't need to die and he's like well neither do i and he reveals he's got six months left and by then what they bury won't even look like him wow jesus that got real super fast
0: super dark
2: and she doesn't even know what to say and so i'm sorry did i ruin your anger does this nest of tumors liquefying my brain spoil your fun?" that's such a good twist so i take it back joss that was a good twist
0: And that's such a good super villain reason. Like, (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Like, yeah. And then it gets so gray, too, morally. Like,
2: right. And she's like, I had no idea, but what you're doing is still wrong. And he's like, try vomiting for 24 hours straight because of the pain, and then tell me what's wrong.
0: This guy all of a sudden became like a really good actor, too. Like,
2: right. He did. He really nails this scene, Pike. And, like, I really like the scene. Because it is a really gray area, as you said, tough moral dilemma that, like, most of us, if we were in this situation, be like, I don't know what to do.
0: I'm going to sit in the corner and cry. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, I don't want any of this. This is so, like, what do I let happen? Do I let him become a vampire? Like, obviously, I'm not going to let the vampires take this place over, but do I let him become a vampire because I he's going to die?
0: I personally say I, I wouldn't. I I don't know, because, like... It's like, would you let him be a vampire? Normally, your answer would be hell no. That's exactly what I'm against. It's like, yeah, but he's dying. It's like, yeah, but everybody's dying. I'm still against people becoming vampires, and that's still just another vampire you have to stake. Yeah. Like you, this is this is assisted suicide. Like this is, you know, it's, know, oh, that's okay.
2: <laughs> and she says, "Your know, great line that really shows her stance." You're opting for mass murder here. Nothing you say is going to make that okay. Which, true. And she mentioned, the vamps start to come in, so she said, if those vamps start feeding, I'll kill you myself. And then begs, help me stop this. Please. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, uh, of course he doesn't. She tries to warn everybody what's going to happen, but he knocks her out cold. Because he's sh- a supervillain. Spike walks in, he growls at Chanterelle, rips off her choker. <laughs> He's like, take them all, save the Slayer for me. I feel like his lines are dubbed in later too, because they're all echoey and processed and weird in this scene. Like maybe he just couldn't talk around the teeth.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too. Maybe it was the teeth that, like. Well, because save was...
2: the Slayer, that, that's gotta be a rough sin. <laughs> save the Slayer for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he bites Chanterelle Dreadful, and all the vampires just start to feed. Go nuts. It's like a massacre. Except no one dies. Yeah, everyone's getting drunk and frums. Well, they don't kill them, so that's chill. Buffy knocks out Ford. She wakes up out. but this is just a mess, man. So she spies Drew on the balcony, and she does some pretty half-assed harness work to get there. Yeah,
0: she leaps up to the balcony. Slowly
2: hovers to the balcony. <laughs> and uh, she holds a stake to Drusilla's heart, and Spike... Order Spike to tell everyone to stop. Which he does. Because he's got a soft spot in his heart. He's a little puppy dog. Yeah, that's... When it comes to Drew. <laughs> and Stunt Buffy had dual roles in this scene. She got to be Stunt Buffy and Vamp Buffy. Or Vamp Stunt Vampire. Yeah.
0: Vamp Buffy?
2: Vampire! <laughs> she throws Drusilla down the stairs at Spike. And then just locks them all in after letting the people out. Which is awesome. And Spike's like, love, where's the doorknob? And there's no human casualties. So that well, is a successful heroic
0: save the day. I don't know if that's a day. because Ford is still down there knocked out.
2: It's his own fault. Also, knocking he somebody. Saved out, him, though. knocking somebody unconscious when they have a nest of brain tumors, probably going to kill them. Like that. And like, then, that seems like a okay. bad idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, n- giving someone a concussion when they clearly have brain cancer, that's, you know, that's a bad idea. You know, that that you could have killed him, but locking him in a vault with tons of hungry vampires, you did kill him, and you could have prevented this Buffy. <laughs> it's
2: what he wanted.
0: That's not okay. That doesn't make it okay. It's what
2: he wanted.
0: It's what they all wanted, and get they get saved
2: he wanted it most <laughs> see she gave him what he wanted because she was closer to him
0: no that's not it's not okay and it's not favoritism works. and also not why she did it,
2: <laughs> but uh angel and the gang show up just in time a k a late everything's already done and Buffy says, "Oh, there's vampires inside, but they're gonna get out eventually. Which, like, how? Aren't they just as strong or like weaker than Buffy?"
0: Yeah, but she they couldn't have get out. Literally, all the time in the world to get out. And just keep clawing at the door.
2: <laughs> and she's like, "We'll come back later." I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Because Ford's still in here." She in come there. Come back
0: for the body, which is
2: messed up. He wants his reward.
0: That's. I don't care. That doesn't make it okay. <laughs>
2: so he wakes up and he's all like. Hey man, you promised. I did my end of the deal. So what if you didn't kill us? It's not my fault. I want my end of the bargain. Which, man, you're pissing off the wrong vampires. And so Buffy, meanwhile, goes back in later. The door's all torn off. She hey, finds
0: goes him, back in labor.
2: Goes back in later. The door's all torn off. She finds him on the ground, which is a human death count of uno. Which
0: is surprisingly low.
2: Yeah. And she holds a little makeshift funeral for him. Not like makeshift like a stick, but like How nobody is else is there.
0: <laughs> a stick
2: to have a funeral. That doesn't even make sense. Like as a makeshift grave, like pop in the ground. You know, headstone, but like a stick as a headstone. <laughs> but uh, a stick as a grave. <laughs> yeah, and she says it'd be simpler if I hated him. I think he wanted me to. And Jaws mentioned it's pretty much the theme of the episode. Nothing's ever simple anymore. Which is true. Because it's really gray area. And Buffy's like, does it ever get easy? And boom, Ford Vampire pops out of the ground. A bit vamp Ford. And uh, Buffy stakes him. Which is a vamp death three. But hey, he got what he wanted for a little bit. That's, stop acting like that's a plus. <laughs> and John's like, what, you mean life? Like, what do you want me to say? And Buffy's Lie to me. Uh, finish your drink.
0: Again.
2: <laughs> he says, yes, it's terribly simple. The good guys are always stalwart and true, and the bad guys are easily distinguishable by their pointy horns and black hats. <laughs> we will always defeat them, and we will always save the day, and no one ever dies, and we all live happily ever after. And she ends it with, liar.
0: Not and Positive with this episode. The only reason it was a new character, Billy Fordham, and not Pike is because there was a character named Spike.
2: Probably. Or it just doesn't really fit in line with Pike's ideologies either. I
0: think... Well, yeah, but until he got brain cancer.
2: That's fair. So it happens when you live in a dumpster. Uh, Cordelia had a really diminished and useless role in this episode. Just kind of a quick comic release scene. Same with Jenny.
0: Maybe that's why the show has no budget because they pay charisma carpenter full price even when she's not there because <laughs> she's in the title credits
2: but uh this episode was featured on the spike dvd in the slayer collection and for an episode i didn't really remember much at all before watching it, it wasn't bad at all
0: yeah
2: you know, final death count we got three vamps and one human and some diego dignity
0: <laughs> he never had any to begin with so he couldn't have died <laughs>
2: died before the episode, we'll count it. But, clairvoyant, stake ratings, I think it's about time for the second time. What is your stake rating for Lie to Me?
0: See, the episode, it started off none too special. Um, You know, it was a... For a Jaws episode, it was pretty weak. But then, I really liked the twist, I liked the whole... I liked the brain cancer thing, and then it becomes really you know it becomes morally gray and it is a good twist uh, the guy who played Ford really good actor and yeah we got some good emotional scenes near the end and so i think it probably bumps it up to a 3 it's a solid 3 of an episode
2: yeah i got like i did like how that that book unnamed book will be important But it just served to kind of push the plot forward in this episode just a slight bit. So I like that. And I did like the twist a lot and the emotion and the idea. But overall I don't think it's going to be memorable this time either. I it was cool to get backstory of Drusilla. And I liked the directing and I liked the cinematography. And lying, I liked the lying being a common theme as I'm sure you noticed. Uh, It felt like it really paid off by the end.
0: I think I'll always remember this episode as the one I wasted a Saturday to record twice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, despite how much I made fun of this episode, it wasn't bad. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 also. So that's a solid 3. We tied again. Lie to me, Clairvoyant. Let's close off this episode. Lie to me.
0: You're a attractive, successful man.
2: Weedenverse podcast rating three out of five stakes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at, at Wheedencast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash podcast or review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. The Wheedenverse Podcast is brought to you by the HHW LOD Network. You can find them at hhwlod.com, on Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash H-H-W-L-O-D. The Tangent Bound Network can be found at TangentBoundNetwork.com, on Twitter at TangentBoundPC, and on Facebook at TangentBoundNetwork. Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age. Written by Rob Deshotel and Dean Batali. Directed by Bruce Seth Green. Original air date, November 10th. 1997 welcome back we're back to the weenverse podcast part two of episode oh i don't even know 12 are we on twelve?
0: i don't know i don't i don't count
2: <laughs> but uh we're here with rob weeks from firefly podcast
1: hi guys good to be here
2: awesome well it's glad to have you in full title if we're gonna if we're gonna go full title it's called firefly podcast the rob weeks hour
1: <laughs> i wish they wouldn't let me get away with that <laughs> It's I tried bo- hard. <laughs> it's more than
0: an
2: hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the balls and bayonets brigade, if I'm not mistaken, which uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. You can give a little plug and we'll, uh, we'll tell people where to see it. And by the time this episode comes out, you'll be, oh, ooh, more, I mean, right now at the time of recording, you're two
1: episodes in.
2: So we'll yeah. see by the time you, this comes out. Oh, maybe four, maybe four. It's
1: it short- would be nice if we could get that for.
2: <laughs> All right. Now this episode we're doing this week the dark age. Uh Rob, we actually uh this was your second pick, I believe. You wanted to do was it Halloween?
1: Uh yeah, that was definitely the one that I wanted to do. Um I got beat out on that one. Yeah,
2: you did. And then oh.
1: um oh, we have some bad
0: news for you.
2: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, we had to reschedule and the guest uh couldn't reschedule. So, uh the episode ended up being open. Sorry.
1: <laughs> What a wasted opportunity!
2: That's happened a lot this season. So, this is the season of uh, apologies. <laughs> See, weedverse podcast season two. We're sorry,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you get your taste of Ethan Rain.
2: Yeah. So, this was your second pick because of Ethan Rain.
1: Exactly that. That is exactly it. So it uh, it's it's my favorite uh, out of season two Giles episode and probably. My second favorite, Ethan Rain. I, I would say Halloween would be the, my favorite Ethan Rain episode.
2: This episode was actually written by Rob Deshotel and Dean. I say different every time. I swear to God, Batali. Batali? I don't
0: know. Batali? Which
2: uh, they're the group known for "Never Kill a Boy on the First Date" and the Puppet Show. So far, those are the two that they've written.
0: Which are fair installments. They're not exceptional. Yeah. They're memorable. I get. Well, the Puppet Show is memorable.
2: And I swear, Bruce Seth Green directs more episodes than anybody else. It's like they only have like two directors and he's one of them.
0: That's possible.
2: Well, this episode, we start off with Giles's Slayer speech, which I wish we didn't have to say every time, but I know if I don't say it, you're going to, Clairvoyant.
0: Well, it wasn't in the last episode.
2: It's, <laughs> and
0: It's spotty.
2: Not important at <laughs> any rate. But a uh, dude comes looking for Giles and he's got a fancy suit, man. So you know he's... He's up to something good.
0: Kind of looks like a British Adam Baldwin.
2: You know, I got that too.
1: <laughs> a sweaty British Adam Baldwin. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that's exactly what my notes say. Well, except for the sweaty part. <laughs> um, and he asks the custodian for Giles, uh, who directs him. He kind of looks like. The custodian kind of looks like he should be a bass player in a metal band. Because he's got like just mutton chops and like a back mullet thing and
1: that's it. I take so much offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you guys probably don't know that, but I am a bass player.
0: Are you in a metal band?
1: I was. I'm in a I'm in an indie band now, but I have a sludge metal side project, so
0: So you had this phase. You yeah. had you had this generators oh. phase. <laughs>
1: it, if uh, if I could grow hair anymore, then yeah, I, I would definitely be in that phase. <laughs>
2: But uh, on his way to the library, this well dressed man suddenly sharp. hears, <laughs> sharp dressed man, suddenly hears moaning. And, uh, and then there's a kind of a, a zombie lady behind him. And he kind of, he, I don't know, he calls her Deidre. So we know her name. We find out he's Philip. But it's kind of a weird opening scene. And It's kind of weird to let us know that they know each other this early on.
1: It felt clunky to me. the The opening scene felt clunky. Just the the acting and the the blocking really felt weird to me.
2: I know what they were going for, but it didn't. I don't know if they pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, I really I, don't
1: think they did. Am I
0: the only person who got like the the shining feel from Deidre herself? Not the scene because the scene isn't nearly as tense or dramatic as anything or any these people could never hope to achieve what Stanley Kubrick has, but. Uh, just the way, like, she looked and the way she was just slowly shuffling towards him.
2: Can't say I got that feeling at all.
0: That, like, bathtub lady in The Shining.
2: <laughs> but, uh, he's locking, or he's knocking, but no one lets him in. And we get a great cut to Buffy doing, like, wee Fit calisthenics <laughs> and driving Giles crazy by listening to this really synth version of a song from Jesus Christ Superstar.
1: Was it? It was. It was, and it was awesome.
2: And uh, Giles, or rather, Anthony Stewart Head's brother, Murray Head, originated the role, I think, of... Was a Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar? I believe so. So, I don't know if that was a purposeful reference or just kind of coincidence.
1: I just wanted to say about the, uh, the the intro scene. that That gave me so much of a... Oh, what is it? The Mike Myers... Halloween? No, 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 no. Different <laughs> comedian Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "No, no,
0: no way it was this tense or scary."
1: Oh, no. Other not Mike at all. Myers. It was it was it was totally comedic. The guys just standing there waiting for the steamroller to get him. That that's <laughs> what I got from that whole scene. He could have went anywhere else. He didn't have to go to Giles. He could have just gone anywhere. Period. He just knocked on the door and kept knocking until he still had time after he turned around and he was like, "Oh no, I guess I'm dead now."
0: She was slow.
1: And then,
2: uh yeah, so Buffy, Giles thinks it's just noise that Buffy's listening to. Buffy thinks it's rad because this is the 90s and she's a teenager. And
1: this and crazy superstar was big. <laughs> I guess.
2: And he says, You work on your muscle tone while my brain dribbles out my ears. <laughs>
1: I had that quote written down because I knew it had to be referenced. That's classic Giles.
2: How would it feel, like, being them and knowing that you're missing this dude outside getting, like, mauled by a zombie because of this? Especially for Giles, who's, like, doesn't want to listen to this music. Maybe Bucket would like it.
0: I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, like, wow, this is a standard horror movie trope. But I was also thinking, wow, I'm not getting that feel from the scene at all, though. (laughs) I don't know if that was, like, a directing error.
2: Maybe. And then uh, when Buffy turns the music off, Giles and the rest is silence, which is a line from Hamlet, actually. And and then outside, though, the zombie strangles Philip, So that's a human death count of one. And then another death count one, because she decides to melt to goo. Kind of a blue-green with a really bad CG effect. And I don't know. I don't really know what to say about it. It wasn't enjoyable to see. (laughs)
0: They probably took with what they had in the script and tried to roll with it, and they're like, yeah, we can do it in CG, and they, they couldn't do it in CG.
1: <laughs> well, this is still the time of not the greatest dust effects, so right. I'm guessing that their their budget was pretty low.
2: Yeah, but uh, after the theme song, we cut to some weird flashback dreams of some British dude, and there's tattoos, and there's like crazy orgies and all sorts of stuff.
1: Oh, it was the best Lost Boys thing they could have done. I I thought that was great. I just I had flashbacks to watching the Lost Boys. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> but, uh, and I assumed this was going to be Buffy's dream because anytime somebody dreams, it's usually Buffy, unless it's Xander shredding. Mm. <laughs> and it's Giles's dream, which first time we see the inside of Giles's house ever. And mind, and mind. <laughs>
1: And his firefly lamp, which I love to pieces. It's beautiful. It's just a stained glass lamp with fireflies on it, and I love it.
2: Oh, that kind of firefly. <laughs> but meanwhile, Buffy's talking about her dream, as in like fantasy dream. Gavin is giving her a massage on a beach. And Willow's Fantasy is a restaurant dating with John Cusick in Italy eating ziti. Which I, I gotta admit, don't know what ziti is, didn't look it up.
1: You <laughs> so don't... it's it's a baked pasta dish with uh, cheese and red sauce. Ooh. And it's it's delicious.
2: Would you eat it with John Cusack?
1: I I would probably eat anything with John Cusack because he's just kind of a cool guy, but I would definitely eat Ziti.
0: <laughs> so you you two should have prepared because you should have known this was coming. We're gonna play Anywhere
2: but here. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> So, <laughs> before we begin, they mentioned that, like, do you think Giles ever played this? Did he, any of you ever play this?
1: No. Ever never. before in your life? Rob, have you? I was born probably ten years before you guys. There's no way this ever happened with me.
2: <laughs> no, I never played <laughs> this. Never, I've never played anywhere but here. Well, we will right now. Alright, let's do this. So, Mr. Probably, no, you go first. You gotta no. prep me for it.
0: That's not fair, this is my idea The whole point is to catch you off guard
1: I'm the guest, so I get the pain Inflicted last, I- I'm calling that
0: <laughs> Alright, Anywhere, if I was anywhere But here Do I have to like go like really Details <laughs> Oh, details, okay
2: Um I don't want to do
1: details I can't do details We need all the juicy deeds, man
0: so, okay, I'm on a, a resort uh Puerto Vallarta, Mexico.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: Um in the infinite edge pool, adults only. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have details, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh who who decides to join me, but uh the lovely and who's also vacationing <laughs> in Puerto Vallarta. What are the chances? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Universe. Go- <laughs> well, that didn't go anywhere. That didn't go you anywhere. You had that one, yeah.
0: Well, that's. Yeah, well, that. Well, then, you know, it goes from there.
1: Okay.
2: Well, let's see. So, mine. So, there I was. Anywhere but here. I'm in a hot tub in Puerto Vallarta. Wait <laughs> <laughs> <Claire Boyne's> there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,. Oh, he's kind of like crying a bit, and Saoirse Ronan trying to console him. I don't know what <laughs> Rob, how about you? <laughs> uh,
1: as a married man, I'm taking this as a fantasy opportunity, and also advising my wife not listen to anything that I've ever recorded ever. <laughs> um, but I'm a mountain man, so if I were anywhere but here, I would be in the mountains on a crystal clear lake doing some trout fishing, in a nice 17 foot boat.
2: Tilda Swinton.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm going allison Scagliotti. I'm going modern.
2: Okay. <laughs> A better
0: choice. <laughs> well that was fun. You coped out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you really did. <laughs> anyway, Xander's <laughs> anywhere but right here. Uh Amy Yip at the water slide park.
0: Which I'm also okay with.
2: Which he's always had that since forever, because he's constant in his affections. And uh,
1: he's not fickle like the girls are.
2: (laughs) And they talk about, You know, do you think Giles ever played this game? Probably not. Like we didn't. And I can't imagine (laughs) we did just now. I feel like like I've experienced something new. Like we're all in this together now. (laughs) We went through an experience together. We had a moment. (laughs) That's it. And they're making fun of Giles saying how he was always stuffy. His diapers were tweed. Which, you know, as we learned a few episodes back, not quite the case. We don't really know much about it, but we know that it's not quite the case. You don't call papers their tweed? You don't call a tweed baby ripper. Unless, you know, well, some, maybe. some embarrassing story <laughs> behind it. <laughs> but, uh, so there's a medical transport is going to be delivering a supply of blood. Which is a vamp meals on wheels. Which... You know, I never thought about that before. That's probably a really busy time. Like, I didn't think you know, slayers have to keep tabs on these things.
1: Yeah, it's well, part of the minutia that that you never think about in being on a hellmouth and being a slayer. That you're going to have to think about all of the medical supplies and how many doctors are on staff and all the weird stuff that nobody would think of.
2: Yeah, so that's really weird to think about. And Jenny. Meanwhile, I was tutoring kids after class. Willow's going to help. Their lockers are different again. I didn't take note of them because they change so often, man. I can't keep up with these kids. (laughs) These uh,
0: sunny day of lockers.
2: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Jenny's tutoring kids after class. Willow's helping. Xander's kind of making fun of it. Like, who would want to be at school on a Saturday? And she's like, oh, so 9 9 a.m. work for you? (laughs) That's
0: a nightmare.
2: But uh, apparently he's not doing so well. In computer class. And Cordelia has to go there too. So, uh, mixing a little erectile surgery. And it's my best day ever.
1: <laughs> it's a perfect Xander line.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, he's Jenny's just Jenny seemed
0: offended by
2: that. <laughs> Giles is even kind of laughing. But Jenny was like, like, rude.
0: <laughs> Walk me to class.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, so Giles is walking her to class. She borrowed a first edition novel from E.M. Forster from her. We didn't hear which one. But, uh. Sounds like it was a good one, because Giles read it 20 times. Or just, you know, I guess, maybe with Giles, if he's only read it 20 times, maybe that's just a subpar novel.
1: <laughs> I would think that average for Giles. <laughs>
2: yeah. But uh, she starts going on about how to keep her spot, she dog-eared every page, she underlines passages she want to talk about, she spilled coffee on it, and gives Giles a heart attack. Yeah, that
0: horrified me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course she's lying. And uh, she just loves to see him squirm,
1: which gets makes little, me hate her so much. It gets a little creepy and sexual
2: when they so, use the word squirm. Rob, are you not a Giles zenny shipper?
1: No, I don't ship them so hard at all. I I don't like her. I'm
0: alone in this world.
1: <laughs> you are so alone, and it's dark and scary, and no one can hear you scream. I'm kind of fatty,
2: fady, fady on her. You know, like... <laughs> sometimes hey, you, I'm there's like... There's
0: one episode where you said, Wow, I don't like her at all. And then every episode since, you're like, Yeah,
2: I guess I like her. But that's my guess, <laughs> see? And that's only like two episodes since. But, um... You know, she's been a season since. Yeah, but she's not in every episode. I feel like she's too... He's really Giles. And she's really, like, sexual and too too forthright like not she's past no, the point of it past the point of it being like
1: normal <laughs> she's supposed to be the other side of his coin the wild side but it never comes off right it, it always comes off pushy and over aggressive
2: so i'm kind of yeah i'm on the fence i like them i guess
1: but oh, I'm i fence. like her i just don't like them i can't ship them it just it doesn't fit in my head but uh she says maybe
2: it's it... because she's
0: two weeks older than cordelia
1: <laughs> but uh she said did anyone ever
2: tell you you're a fuddy-duddy and does anyone ever tell me anything else and did anyone ever tell you you're a sexy fuddy-duddy they leave that the... part out can't imagine why <laughs> except i have
0: told him on several occasions
2: <laughs> but, in uh... my
0: fanfics in my head
2: <laughs> but i kind of like this scene because it's kind of showing giles loosen up <laughs> loosen up Loosen up a bit, and uh, she invites him over to do the do this weekend. They're gonna stay in instead of go out. Ooh, you know what that means, Rob. Studying. <laughs> but uh, they kiss each
0: other. Squirm.
2: They kiss, and I kind of ship it when they kiss, cause I was like, oh, they they kiss. I don't know. I'm a simple <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> uh, You're like they're they're actually shipping, so I suppose I ship that. It's Dude, canon, they... so I gotta accept it.
2: They kissed and you're
0: like, oh, I guess they do belong together.
1: <laughs> you know what? My only thoughts when they kissed were, it, it was just their students coming out. You have to stop this. Right, I the bell
2: rang too. right before they kissed. It's yeah, like, just don't do that. Don't you kiss rebels. now.
0: <laughs> but it felt like it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, you, know, how everything in the relationship appears to be b- like broken up last minute by the bell. And they were like, like it's always like, hey, do you want to go on? A-? The bell rings, you know. And this is where they're like, "No, f- you, Bell." <laughs> I guess go.
2: so. I guess so. But I think that's against the rules at schools in general.
0: I'm pretty sure it
1: is. Yeah. Fraternization is frowned upon in most educational establishments.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, and she's like, "Let's see if I can make you squirm." And you know, I like her. I kind of like them, <laughs> but a bit too sexual for my Giles, my innocent
1: Giles. Yeah, yeah, that was a little grossy. That's a little icky.
2: <laughs> and uh Giles goes into the library to uh, ponder this and gets accosted by some police officers who want to take him down to the coroners to uh, identify a body. Well, at first I thought he was going to get arrested for the homicide. <laughs> but uh, because the victim had Giles' name and address in a, little, in a little baggie, which is good because I guess it didn't touch the acid stuff then. <laughs> yeah. And Cordelia interrupts and makes it all about her. (laughs) She doesn't even seem to notice
1: or care what's going on. Oh, she's completely oblivious.
0: But she notices there's a cop, and her first thought is, oh, can you help me get out of this ticket? Because I was going down a one-way street, and I was going one way.
1: I was going one way. That's my favorite line of hers in the whole episode. And he gets legitimately
2: mad for, like, the first time. Like, he's like, Cordelia leave like basically and i was like "Wow, super intense he shoes her away and she's like you, why are you always yelling my name i'm not deaf i can take a hint what's the hint yeah <laughs> so they shoot her away and they go to the coroner's well she doesn't and at the coroner's the coroner says have you had your breakfast and joss says no he's like that's probably a good idea
0: isn't this a morgue if yeah a coroner's office okay that would be an office
2: Maybe he's got a rad office. Anyway, at the morgue, the morganer's office, <laughs> does that make him a morgan instead of a coroner? <laughs> no. The coroner says, if the coroner says that it's, you know, a good thing you didn't have your breakfast, you know it's bad.
1: But yeah. the thing is, it's, it's not
0: something you want to hear from, like, an embalmer. <laughs> yeah,
2: the it's thing also
1: is, ridiculously unprofessional. I mean, I could I could understand if the coroner was talking to the police <laughs> Because they have to deal with that type of thing. You're talking to a British librarian from a high school. Yes. I have a yeah. little sensitivity, man.
0: Don't know how you're going to recognize the body without a head. <laughs> yeah, that.
1: <laughs> Surprisingly,
2: though, it's not that bad at all. It looks like a regular kind of discolored dead body. Yeah. yeah. It's like like for a guy that sees dead bodies all day, like I doubt that looks any worse than the normal ones he comes across. It probably looks better than a lot of the ones in Sunnydale.
0: Especially since this was just, this was like a strangulation. And... He's just
2: kind of bruised all over, and that's it. So Giles identifies him as Philip Henry, who he hasn't spoken to in about twenty years, uh, and he he has the tattoo on his arm that Giles was dreaming about. He, but Giles, of course, says he doesn't know what it is, which I smell a lie.
1: He seems to be withholding something.
2: A little. So outside waiting, Buffy's not pleased because Giles is late. And he told her not to be late, and she was on time, and he's not there. But a creepily van pulls up, and that's never good, because it didn't have back windows. And when a van doesn't have back windows, you always know something's going down. Because you can't one, look in
1: there. One way or the other.
2: <laughs> but uh, she's she's kind of eyeing up the ER doctors <laughs> that are coming out. And, uh, but she's concerned because she realizes that they shouldn't be doing the delivery. The ER doctors aren't usually the ones that take the blood packets. And uh, turns out they're vampies, which, you know, wasn't as big a twist as I think they wanted it to be.
0: These are kind I of see. pathetic vampires, too. Because <laughs> they're stealing blood deliveries. <laughs> like, the, the, go kill a human. Like, <laughs> Like this isn't going to be warm. It's not going to be good. You're like let's microwave it. Like what?
1: But yeah. I I think that's when they tried to start introducing the masquerade aspects of the the Vampire? vamp society. Yeah, is that there? Some of them actually do try to stay hidden so they can survive longer. Yeah, well, these they're ones trying to do you know summoning and whatnot and taking over everything.
0: But mm-hmm. just go bite in a person. <laughs>
2: You could have bit the driver, man. <laughs> but uh, Buffy's jumps in the fray to help them. To, not to help them. To help to fight them. Jesus. So she's fighting them. Some stunt work. She goes to stake one. And it's Angel, which he's not stealing blood. He just showed up. <laughs> so I bet
0: he wanted in on that. A little bit. Maybe because got... he, he just probably showed up and he's like, ah, Buffy's here. <laughs>
1: You ruined my takeout. But he's got a
2: nice purple shirt, so that's my takeaway from this scene. Angels,
1: if we're going, God, I
0: do gem tones.
1: <laughs> if we're going fashion, when did Buffy have time to change her necklace? Because she was wearing like a disco ball in the first scene, and now she's wearing something a little nicer.
2: I'm so proud of you because I missed that, and that's usually <laughs> my thing.
1: It was. It stood out at me so blatantly in the first scene that i couldn't look away i was like is she wearing a compact disc around her neck it's awesome. and for for you guys a compact disc is a thing that has music <laughs> on it back when i was alive inside are you jacked in <laughs> oh totally jacked in if you're not jacked in you're nothing
2: <laughs> but uh, all the vampires get away which is a unsuccessful hunt if you ask me because all of them get away. <laughs>
1: I thought they staked one.
2: I don't think they staked a single one. They all got...
1: Uh, she staked the first one that she knocked down to the ground. Did the she actually get The third one, she, she got him. It looked like she got him on the right side, which is not where your heart is. <laughs> but <laughs> pretty close. It was the chest area. The all second right. one, I'm not sure about. And the third one got kicked right into the driver's seat, which is just kind of unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Angel, That was that was Angel's bad there. Yeah.
1: Okay, we I missed him. that Vamp Death Count 1 then. We got Vamp Death Count 1.
0: Kicked him into the driver's seat.
1: Yeah. It's it's like when you accidentally sink the balls for the opponent when you're playing billiards.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh MVP for the wrong team. <laughs>
2: so Buffy's like, how'd you know about this? And Angel's like, it's delivery day, everyone
1: knows. <laughs> <laughs> Which plays into your theory that he was there well, to get hey, a snack.
0: He has just like plasma bags in his fridge.
2: I don't. So, I don't know. Do you think that I think those will be pigs' blood or something?
0: Yeah. Well, they're they're not real blood. They're not. Well, they're not human blood, and this is human blood. But still, it's it's not in anybody. It's not hurting. Anybody.
2: <laughs> but uh, so all the vamps get away. Uh, tardiness is the eighth deadly sin. So Buffy's pretty worried about Giles because he didn't show. And then she goes to pay him a visit. I love his house's door, by the way. This is the first time you see it, but it's really... Ornate. But uh, <laughs> Giles at the door. Uh, he forgot, and he seems probably more than a little drunk.
0: Okay, is it because he's drunk that he hasn't shaven in a few days? I know. Does that, that happen when you drink? Yeah. Do you just have stubble? <laughs> well,
2: because it makes I... you a
1: oh, man. It yeah. you. Well because and he's just he, drinking straight whiskey too.
0: She saw him earlier this day. Does he shave multiple <laughs> times through the day? Well maybe he has to.
1: He and, gets that one o'clock shadow.
0: <laughs> and so he just he forgot to shave for a few hours and so it's starting to grow in.
2: But he's uh he's really distracted by something. He's really busy, he says, though he's not. And then he he shuts the door right in her face, doesn't let her in. Rude. <laughs> and he's making a call. Sorry to disturb you, I realize it's five AM there, which Everyone, did you do your math again?
1: It's ten p.m.
2: Wow, you did. <laughs> but You didn't make a big deal of it this time.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for that.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to. But... <laughs> I, it's. I did. I did the research. I just didn't write down the research that I did.
1: <laughs> so he's. But he was making a nice phone call. He was trying to be civil this time.
2: Yeah, he's trying to so call. So he the morning, did though.
1: care. He did care what time it was, though.
2: <laughs> he's trying to call Deidre Page, but uh, she's dead, too, very recently. And if you recognize the name, we saw her melt.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. She puddled so hard.
0: Hey, now, you're assuming that that Deidre is the same Deidre. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, we're taking some liberties. But that's a human death count of two, then, if she died. But yeah, he crosses her name off the list. And fun fact, it's spelled differently in the credits. I don't know who's right, if Giles or the credits. But It's uh,
0: all spelled differently on my Netflix subtitles.
2: Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's
0: spelled differently in my
1: notes as well.
2: But there's, a, there's another name crossed off. So I'm going to count that as a human death count three because Thomas Sutcliffe matters as well.
1: Tommy! And he's just the poor faceless soul. He he never is referenced. He never gets any type of. He never even gets cast. Yeah, I mean, it's so I feel worse for him than any of the others. But <laughs> the only names
2: left on this list, which includes Philip, Deidre, and Thomas, are Giles and Ethan Rain. Remember that guy?
1: Oh yeah. No. Yeah, Giles. Yeah, Giles.
2: <laughs> but uh, he's super stressed by this a little. Kind of splashes his face. He's not. He's not feeling it.
1: By the way, who keeps a sink full of water just sitting there, full, tepid, standing water, just waiting for mosquitoes, especially in Southern California? As Canadians, I don't expect you to know this. As a Californian, all of us should know you do not leave standing water in your apartment. That's just not how it's done. Maybe that's his indoor (laughs) birdbath. Even worse that he's splashing it on his face.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, we're from a province that's nicknamed... Its motto is the land of living skies, and that's uh, more than likely because of mosquitoes.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
0: I would, yeah. Or it could be because the weather can change in the blink of an eye.
2: But, uh, so, we know a thing or two about the Skeeters.
1: They're not friendly.
2: (laughs) But uh, later, Philip wakes up at the morgue, and I sense a pattern here. Because he woke up. And he was dead. Does you you catching on?
0: And does that, that mean Thomas is another death of one as well?
1: But we didn't oh. see
2: it, and it wasn't referenced, so I can't. You I'm counted him
0: conscious.
1: as a you counted him as a human death, but you would have to count him as both and Deirdre as well.
2: Maybe he shot himself. We don't know. Mm-hmm. He was I counted dead? Deirdre, but I didn't. Yeah, we don't know how if he you melted. Attempted to count fifty years.
0: Fifty years of. <laughs> Of sacrifices,
2: but we didn't. We didn't. So it's a.
0: Good... <laughs> I talked
1: you off that ledge.
2: <laughs> but uh, doctors checking body stock. The coroner guy.
1: Yeah, uh, what in the hell is that?
2: It's Sunnydale, so you have to <laughs> like, take body stock because some of them are vans.
1: <laughs> but just oop, doop, doop. Hey, I gotta go check the bodies and make sure none of them walk the hell out of here.
2: <laughs> but uh, one's missing. It's Philip, and I... Philip comes behind him and just shoves him in to the little fridge.
1: Which gotcha. obviously puts me in my place for questioning them for checking the bodies.
0: <laughs> well, in Sunnydale, honestly, I imagine every... Like, if you're doing a, a lot count... Uh, a lot? <laughs> imagine every time you're coming up one car short. Like,
1: <laughs> at least. Just,
2: but Later, at school, Xander, Cordelia, and Willow are the only Saturday school students. Which, you know, when she are talking about just kids needing tutoring, I thought there would be more.
0: Yeah, it was just, pretty much she was telling Xander this because he was expected to be there. It's like, Xander, I'm tutoring you.
2: <laughs> like, that's convenient plot-wise and convenient for not having to hire extras.
1: But uh, Oh yeah, that's a budgetary decision there.
2: <laughs> uh, Buffy shows up. And they're joking that she just came because she missed them. But uh, she's actually here to talk to Jenny about Giles because he was home alone drinking and not tea.
1: Mm. I bet he was Which drinking tea.
2: Maybe tea mixed with whiskey.
1: Very ungiles like
2: And so, Xander, I knew this would happen, and then he talks about his whoring, boozing uncle, Rory, who is a taxidermist.
1: Who, I believe, may
0: have been mentioned earlier.
2: But now we know he's a taxidermist.
0: And we know his name's Rory.
1: There's uh, just so much information pouring out of him. But... I, I thought that his line about... And I can't believe that you skipped over it, Mr. Universe, because it's such a good joke. Oops. Where um, Jenny says, the first thing we're going to do is, Buffy? And Xander oh, yeah. pipes in with, oh, <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah, did yeah. I fall asleep for a second?
2: <laughs> so Cordelia says that Giles uh, seemed just fine talking to the police earlier. <laughs> 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 you wait till now to tell us? I didn't think it was important. Something about a homicide. Which, fun fact, they didn't say homicide while Cordelia was there. They said it before she showed up. So she... Super made...
1: hearing. <laughs> she, she was a little clairvoyant about it. Ooh. Was, <laughs> I thought you'd was... like that.
2: Yeah. That
1: nice. <laughs> In the library,
2: uh, Buffy goes to... What does she even go to the library for? To hunt? To find some evidence?
0: To but find go... Giles, I think. Maybe. Yeah, she's looking for Giles. Is he even it's Saturday? It's Saturday. Yeah, hmm.
2: so I don't know. But she goes there and she's uh, tries to stop a creeper who's uh, rustling around in the wings, and uh, tries to drop a bookshelf on her. Just At first, I
0: saw it was I thought it was Angel until A, he dropped a bookshelf, and B, I saw his face.
1: And then uh, it's none other than Ethan Rain. Who? Why did he drop a bookshelf on her? I don't. That know. That didn't make sense to me. I don't know because. He Rain likes, chaos. That's what I was gonna
0: say. He <laughs> likes to stir the pot. That's all he's,
1: he's done. <laughs> Ethan Rain is true chaotic neutral.
2: <laughs> but uh, she's like, "Hey, I know you. You sold me that dress for Halloween, and nearly got us all killed." He's like, "Yes, but you look great in it."
1: <laughs> Punch in the face. And then,
2: yeah, she punches him out. Well, not out because he's still up. And uh, he's like, "Are we even?"
1: <laughs> I'll but, tell you when we're even.
2: And uh, what are you doing here, <laughs> snooping around? Honesty, nice touch. <laughs>
0: Says so one of my qualities. No, it's not.
2: <laughs> but uh, he doesn't no, seem to know where Giles is either. Which maybe he was looking for Giles. Maybe that's why he was snooping. Meanwhile, Giles, speak of the devil, having more bad dreams, passed out drunk, uh, and he's awoken by a Buffy call. Uh, started with uh, you know, you don't really want to pick up a phone. What's the mark of Mar- Mar- Igon? Like whoa. Yeah. If somebody it's called kinda, me that in the middle of the night, even if I didn't know what it was, it stressed me out a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, I'd be curious a at a minimum. I'd be googling, you know.
2: So, Rob, is this
0: an American thing? Do people in in the states just not no hello, no goodbye on phones? They just
1: no. That's something that perturbs <laughs> everyone in the entire universe. That you should either say hello or goodbye when you begin and end a, a phone call, and it irritates everyone. Which is why everyone likes the show Friends, because everyone says, bye-bye, and then they hang up the phone, like normal human beings do. In no other show do they do that.
2: Buffy says that she's with, she's just hanging out with Ethan Reign. You know, they're just chilling. And (laughs) so Giles says, get out of there right now, because he's a twisty dude.
0: I think he's saying, get out of there, because he's next.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because uh, Philip breaks in, Buffy has to fight him up. They fight a bit. And end up locking him in the cage after uh, the rest of the gang shows up. Cordy gets a kick in.
1: I kicked someone.
2: <laughs> but, uh,
0: Not even proudly. She just says it like it's information. Just matter that of needs, fact. Needs to be relayed.
2: <laughs> so for your notes, Giles shows up afterwards, probably drunk, probably crashed into a pole, <laughs> and he has a little bit of a confrontation with Ethan. It's a good one. They kind of get all of each other's grill. He calls him Ripper. He's like, get out.
1: And he's mm-hmm. going to ripper his head off. Wow. Oh, he's he's mean, Giles. That's that's the hot, sassy Giles. That's the
2: sexy, fuddy-duddy.
1: Yeah, there you go.
2: And uh, nobody's seen this version of Giles before.
1: I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's fanfic.
2: <laughs> so they're, they're kind of getting all heated until Philip breaks out of his, somehow, of his Cage,
1: and just lights Jenny up. <laughs> Boom, out uh, like. Lights. Yeah, that's a King Hippo knockdown. Boom, <laughs> just lights out.
2: So uh, Buffy kicks him a bunch because. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah kicks. just kicks. <laughs> she just you kicks him squarely three
0: times in the chest. <laughs> Batty defeated.
1: I noted in this episode that it was almost exclusively kicks, which I'm okay because everyone was wearing pants that made that spectacular to watch. But that's just kind of an odd fighting style.
2: But uh, he starts to gasp and twitch out, which uh, Deidre did not do, and then just, boom, he just kind of mounts.
0: Yeah, he's Senator Kelly's.
2: That's at a very... Bizarre reference, but
0: <laughs> X Men One.
2: Uh, that's um, an other death count of two, because the zombie melted again, and the gross. I would
0: argue a three because now we know that we have a precedent. <laughs> we know that we can assume that the the okay, third we'll, one.
2: We'll do an implied three, and uh, Ethan escaped because of, of course he did. But the again. gross goo touched Jenny's hand as she's conked out there.
1: Oh, can I tell you? Can I tell you? Because I haven't seen this episode for years and years and years, over a decade. And I've watched it three times. And the first time that I watched it in over 10 years, I watched it with my wife. We were having some wine. We were watching this. I said, hey, I'm going to be on this podcast with these awesome dudes. And we're going to talk about this episode. Let's watch it for pleasure together. And I'll watch it again and take notes later. When this scene happened, it bothered me so badly that no one had... The presence of mind to say don't let her hand touch the goo don't you nasty goo this (laughs) is we deal with demons and vampires and all these things don't touch the goo a corpse is liquefied how about you (laughs) roll jenny out of it (laughs) right all all it would take is just a gentle embrace for that arm not to be next to i know it's not good for the plot but it's good for my soul and my sanity (laughs) don't touch the goo damn it
2: But, uh Cordelia's a great cap to this whole scene. This is what happens when you have school on Saturday, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is true. Children, <laughs> remember that's true.
2: And then, uh, so Jenny, Charles helps her up a bit. She snuggles him, apologizes. She doesn't apologize, and her eyes are all f- like the zombies were earlier. So no, Jenny, no.
0: Look, like look, that eye special effect. They have mm-hmm. contacts. These look terrible. Like this, yeah. is like. Little it, like light thing.
2: It misses like their eyes. It's like weird. It's like
0: they tried to r- draw it on like seventies anime. Like you know when they do like the animated special effects, they tried to draw it on the frame.
1: Yeah, my four year old walked through the room as I was watching this scene, and all I heard was, "Why are her eyes look dumb, Daddy?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, uh, and Buffy says, "She said she cares that Giles is lost weekending in his apartment." Which is a movie about the effects of alcoholism, if you didn't know. And, I didn't. Well, of course you didn't. Same here. But Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so Giles don't want to hear no more. Buffy mentions the mark of Egon, Igon, not Egon, Igon. Oh.
1: Okay, Igon, Egon, Igor, Igor. I could not get that out of my head the entire time. Like, is this a a young Frankenstein reference? I <laughs> like. It feels like a Joss joke. But it's not Joss writing, so I don't know if maybe he was like, yeah, call it that.
2: Maybe. It seems too subtle.
1: It does. It really does. It (laughs) seems too intelligent for the writers of this episode, frankly.
2: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so Jaws gets all sniffly with Buffy. That's not the right word. And he leaves with Jenny because he doesn't want to talk about it. It's none of her business. It's personal. And uh, so Buffy takes charge and starts giving orders, having everyone on research detail uh cordy lines up for her in order she's next and buffy's like what <laughs> she's like, what about me i care about giles I work was Xander. when i say care <laughs> <laughs> at this point they can't even pretend to really dislike each other that much because they're always um, together by accident like, they're always hanging out on weekends and stuff even if it's not by choice I don't know. There's got to be a little bit of like, I don't hate her like I used to. (laughs) I don't
0: know. I used to work with someone and it would be like this, always joking about how much I hated them. And he would just laugh and joke along. It's like, no, I don't think you realize how much I legitimately hate you.
1: You really (laughs) meant it. They were taking it as workplace ribbing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, stop Stop just going along with it. I hate you. Accept this. <laughs> I want you to feel what I actually feel. Don't be like, oh, you. No.
2: <laughs> but uh, at home's Giles, at home's. Giles is mixing Jenny a drink. He apologizes for everything. And he's like, I have to take you home because I'm not very safe to be around. And she's all like, nobody's safe. And it's maybe sexual. Mm. Yeah, I don't.
0: Everything in this, she says it like it's sexual, but it's not.
2: Yeah, and but at meanwhile, at the library. Willow's finding more info on it. Igon the sleepwalker, can only possess unconscious people, and I guess dead counts as unconscious. <laughs> uh, so whatever happened anyway to that poor coroner? Did he die?
0: No, he was shoved in a locker. But in a body
2: I, locker. I doubt they open from the inside, so <laughs> they don't well, have to.
0: Someone, so. <laughs>
1: You know I'm what? sure someone, like an assistant or someone, even the janitor, could have come through.
0: I'm sure he was this before he had the chance to suffocate or die of starvation.
2: But he was the one that was supposed to do the lock count.
0: Yeah, but then you don't see this guy, and you're just like, oh, well,
2: It's Sonny is- Daryl, and they just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Cordelia thinks the demon's gone, because there's no one dead left to jump into. Everybody's that's dead is dead for good, melted. Which, you know, that's a dumb assumption, to be honest, because there's always going to be dead people.
0: (laughs) Like, why does it always have to be someone
2: dead in their circle? That doesn't make sense.
0: But it's kind of fair if you think about it. Like, oh, this body jumps to an immediate person nearby who's dead. And and there's one it makes one. And there wasn't one and it didn't make one. So I would probably assume, okay, I guess that's it.
1: (laughs) If it's a proximity thing. And also, Cordy is really, really dumb. So there's no way she's going to put two and two together.
0: <laughs> I uh, didn't. I wouldn't have, honestly. Oh, yeah. Actually, I probably would have if I actually sat down and thought about it.
2: But but, they're like, no one was dead, but someone was unconscious, which, was she really? She just kind of fell down. I don't know if she was really out cold.
1: It's Glassjaw Jenny. I mean, <laughs> she she goes down with just, like, the flick of the wrist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and then she got, like, Mike Tyson by a door. Boom. <laughs>
1: oh. by uh, a zombie door I mean zombie door her so
2: yeah but uh speaking of someone unconscious back at jazz plays jenny's uh just coyly ripping out the phone lines being sexual
1: I was surprised you knew what that was (laughs) I thought it was gonna be like she just ripped out his dsl connection
2: (laughs) (laughs) but uh she said I didn't hear anything I I didn't hear anything and uh She's like, you could take me home, or you could take advantage of me, which he's not cool with, but she's
0: still... Then he's not taking advantage of her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I really (laughs) had a problem with that, because she was like, like, you could take me home, or we could get jiggy with it, and he's like, no, I'd be taking advantage of you, but okay. She's had like two sips of whiskey... Obviously, she's into you. That's not taking advantage.
0: Like, she's like, we could have sex against my will. Like, it doesn't...
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... yeah, Giles basically says, not now, girl. But, uh... uh, Buffy decides back to the library she should go over because she's trying to call Jenny, trying to call Giles. No answer. And, yeah, back at the, the house, Jenny's straddling Giles. She starts to make out with him. He's like, no no no, it's not right. And she's You're like a woman ripper. You cried every funeral. (laughs) You never had the strength for me. Now you've got me under your skin and she suddenly kind of becomes a man. I I think I
0: ship I think I ship Giles and Igon (laughs) in Jenny's
1: body. I ship that harder than I ship Giles and and Jenny. I I have to agree (laughs) with that. Like non sarcastically. It makes more sense. He's got a better history. And uh, Giles is kind of a bottom, you know?
2: But, yeah, he's like, was it good for you? And he's, like, super deep and creepy. (laughs) And she's suddenly looking creepy. She's starting to, like, have, like, scales and stuff. Yeah, like sores on her head. And, uh, the way I describe the scene in a few words is she keeps kissing and hurting Giles. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a weird (laughs) sentence to say. But it's a summary. Uh... But Buffy, with her good timing, shows up and kicks Miss Calendar in the face. Igon. <laughs>
0: I'm already shipping them.
2: And Igon says three down, two to go, be seeing you, which is what Ethan Rain said last time we saw him, which is be a reference you. to the prisoner, yeah.
1: yeah. I guess
0: all British people watch the same show
1: and Or maybe that was a reference. Maybe that was They only have like four shows. <laughs>
0: That's just how everyone says, like, see you later in England. Be seeing you.
2: <laughs> but she uh, she dives out the window. Which, yeah. you know, not an impressive beat because it's not, like, a high location.
1: Yeah, it's... he's, like, at best a one-and-a-half-story window because his apartment's on a hill.
2: Yeah. So she dives out. Buffy doesn't chase her because Jaws is kind of a mess. He's kind of blubbering, no help at all. He's like, "Buffy, Buffy, Buffy we can't." Blah, blah, blah. And he says, How is this an is impression different.
0: of Giles, like in ninety percent of episodes." <laughs> Buffy.
2: But uh, he says this is different because this time he created the monster. And that, uh, that. meanwhile, back at the library, they're doing some research. They find an old picture of bass playing rocker Giles. Which I feel must have been a real picture of Anthony Stewart Head from back oh, then. Oh, it had to have been. Because to have been. no oh, way yeah. they went through all that pain to put on youth prosthetics just to get a picture of him being in the Sex Pistols. I
1: well, will tell yeah. you firsthand experience that there's no such thing as a guitar player, lead singer, or drummer that came from a theater background. It is always the bass player.
0: <laughs> so
1: that is definitely Tony Head as as a youth. <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, and, like, the thing is, like, I'd say even if they did use prosthetics and made the photo look blurry, probably you'd be able to tell. Like, that it legitimately just looks like him, but younger.
1: Yeah.
2: He probably just gave him an old picture got it shipped home. Got it shipped from
1: home. You know what? I, I think this is something that the Twitter followers are going to have to research for you.
2: Jackie, that means you.
1: I want to hear – I want to be seeing tweets. I want to be tagged in tweets about is that Tony Head or is that a fake? Yeah.
2: <laughs> An imposter. But uh, (laughs) at home, Giles tells Buffy how he used to hate studying. He fell into a bad crowd, basically telling him, you've been wrong about me. (laughs) About how I was as a kid, I was a bad kid. I was Kevin Spacey as a kid.
1: Were were you waiting for the laugh on that one?
2: But uh, he fell into a bad crowd. He didn't like to study. He wasn't the Giles we know today. He was a 70s punk rocker Giles. Which, you know, it was
1: the era. It makes sense. He really looked like a Johnny Rotten Giles. It he did. was really accurate.
2: It's awesome, too. Uh, and he, they used to practice magics. And remember when he said in season one that that was his first spell? That was bullshit. <laughs> bull <laughs> but you didn't know it at the time. Now I do, and I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> bull <laughs> uh, but he said how Ethan and him discovered Igon, and they used to just get high from taking Igon trips. They would Igon. <laughs> They would pass out, which like he said they fell asleep, but I don't they just went to bed and did this. Like I feel like there was like some sort of like knock themselves out cold or something. And then they'd get high from summoning Igon, but their friend Randall lost control, went wild, and they had to kill him. Yeah, he couldn't handle it and they had to kill him. Which
1: is that a human death count
2: for does that count? I'm sure you'll count it. I'm gonna count it. We counted poor Thomas.
1: I, I think it, that one counts more than Thomas.
0: That one's in the past, though. Let let Igons be by
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Did you just? I love you for that.
2: <laughs> but Giles is pretty upset, which I couldn't understand why. I mean, all his friends are dying. It's not like it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but he does not stop it without killing Jenny, which I don't know why he's upset. It's not the end of the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, again Oh,
2: so Giles is all broken man pretty vulnerable he's on the ground I mean, Buffy I'm sorry and she's like walking away all Han Solo I know <laughs> it was very Han Solo I don't know if you guys caught that that's the note I wrote
0: it reminded me more of uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's
2: <laughs> only that's you what I got out only of this. you Claire boy <laughs> no, I really like that Giles is vulnerable in this episode because we've never really seen him there before Like, he's always the guy, well, supposed to be the guy with the answers. As we pointed out frequently, he doesn't usually have them.
1: It's usually somebody else that has the answers and him that laments not being the one to find them.
0: Yeah, he's like the, uh, he's just,
1: he's more lost than everyone else.
2: (laughs) But it's nice seeing, like, the grown-up of the show, essentially, being so weak for once.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's why this and, and Halloween, really, the Ethan Rain episodes are some of my favorites because of that because Giles is such a great character and and it's really some of the few times that you get to see deep into him and his and his history and who he is and why he is.
2: Definitely. So Buffy goes to look for Ethan Reign at a cre- the Creepy Mannequin Shop. I don't know if it used to be the Halloween Shop, but it's hosting yeah. mannequins right now.
0: Yeah, I think that was the former Halloween Shop. The one that he – because he, he mentions that he still is the lease.
2: And oh, she just shop. assumes he'll be there. He owns well, it.
1: He lives he there. Did, <laughs> he, he, yeah, he said he was... He was uh, Giles asked him, aren't you... You're supposed to be out of town. And he said, well, the lease is good through the month. So, right. that's <laughs> like, funny. why am I going to pay the bill and take off?
0: Maybe he lives there, too, and that's why
1: he's there. I'm assuming so. So, Ethan
2: pops out of nowhere, knocks Buffy out. And... That uh, she's investigating, and he sings a weird song. I didn't make note of what it was. I just remember he's singing a weird song to her. Do either of you remember? Nope. No, that was a while back. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> suddenly, he's inking Buffy, so she'll take his place. Before you even know it. Last thing we know, Buffy's in a mannequin shop. Next thing you know, she's getting her first tattoo.
1: It's a pretty cool tattoo, but I... I know this is the Buffy verse, but I I wouldn't think that it would work that way, you know.
2: No, but he said he's he's giving her a tattoo so she can take his place, and you can scream if you'd like, and that's kind of messed up. But meanwhile, the Scooby Gang is trying to find out how to kill Igon without killing Jenny, and Xander's had about enough of Cordy's insults, so they're about to throw down. Uh, but Willow breaks it up and she yells at them, like, if you two aren't with me, 100% get the hell out of my library. And I love it because it's, like, the angriest she's been.
1: It's just she, sexy power, Willow.
2: <laughs> she was angry,
0: like, a few episodes ago at Giles and Angry. Not Angels. this angry. No, this was She's angrier. just got some pent-up rage issues.
2: I think they're trying to give her more of a personality this season other than, like, quiet, nerd, meek.
1: She's she's got to have more dimensions than the mousy smart girl,
2: right? But meanwhile, at the manic queen, manic Halloween mannequin shop, uh, even tattoos the mark on Buffy. And He does a damn good job, by the way. I don't know if he had missed his calling as a tattoo artist, but it's spot on.
1: It looked like a pretty pro
2: job.
0: Yeah, but he also has tattooed the same thing on other people and himself,
1: presumably.
2: Maybe they're temporary tattoos,
1: <laughs> some some henna.
2: <laughs> but he uh, he goes ahead and burns it off himself with some acid. Which, dare I say it, this dude is raw, raw flesh. Who pours acid <laughs> on themselves? Ethan, Ethan Rain. Rain
1: does. Tyler Durden. Gg Allen maybe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Jaws is is tweaking out, having flashbacks again, uh, and Jenny shows up at Ethan's. With Buffy, they're significantly more f- looking than previously.
1: Yeah. She was. She got a little grody. <laughs> a little, little holy in the head area.
0: Love is an open sore.
1: Oh, God.
2: <laughs> but she's going to go after Ethan and then immediately switches gears and goes after Buffy because she's got the tattoo.
1: Is it just me, or do I remember that she sniffed the air?
2: Yeah, like the tattoo smells like something.
1: Yeah, that was because he said to throw her off my scent, and they <laughs> went really literal with it. <laughs> I just I thought yeah. that was kind of funny.
0: Do you think that was uh, Do you think that was Robia's like literal interpretation after reading <laughs> throw throw her off? That my was
1: scent? that was the direction that was given. It's I'm gonna <laughs> say it was either that or or it was uh, it was the interpretation.
2: Giles shows up and he tries to get, Igon Jenny Jen Jen gone. I, I, je, je. <laughs> he tries to get her to take him but uh angel tackles her out of nowhere out of nowhere like out of the absolute blue angel shows up and starts strangling her and Jazz is like you're killing her uh, but it's all part of willow's plan
1: because which she didn't know if it would work or not so it was really so could heard, have been okay. killing her
0: a pretty bad plan. It worked.
2: But. Yeah, so Igon jumps into Angel. He starts freaking out. His face gets all wiggly with really bad, like, MacBook CG, like when you use the weird camera filters, and it's like a fun beer.
1: <laughs> oh, it was super, like, Ghost Rider effects. Not, not Ghost Rider, the Marvel comic, but Ghostwriter the horrible 90s kid show.
0: I remember that. That's a repressed memory.
1: <laughs> it's just the wavy lines of the screen, and then things change. And I mean, Angel looked so weird. In they couldn't. It's like they didn't get the vampire or the demon face right. And honestly, it kind of looked like they didn't get the angel face right.
2: <laughs> you no, know, it was really bad. And Igon doesn't know what to do, so he kind of just dusts himself <laughs> inside of Angel. Uh, demon death count one. And Angel explains that the demon inside him has been waiting for a fight and killed it, which is a weak plot. Weak writing. No sense.
1: And, I thought it was super weak sauce.
2: And the fact that Willow figured that would happen is just horse writing. It's just cop out.
0: Yeah, like what, she, she's just throwing shit at the
2: wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> Basically... Angel choked her out, choked Jenny out, because he knew that if the demon was in danger, it would jump inside him, and the demon inside him that's been lying there lonely, unable to get a fight, would fight Igon and kill it, and presumably be stronger than Igon for whatever reason.
1: But yeah, the, the hole in the logic of that whole thing is that Igon can only possess anyone unconscious or dead. So if Angel either chokes her out or kills her, she still fulfills one or the other requirement. How does that affect Igon, who can zombify and travel through liquid slime? That was the biggest plot hole that I found. It's
2: it's a fine line between you know, threatened and unconscious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't it just immediately jump back into Jenny when it realizes bad idea?
2: <laughs> it's <was> busy scuffling. <laughs> it
1: it tried. That's it tried because you could see it fighting back between. Angelus and uh, and Igon and it was like Angel's demon was just like, nope, get back in here
2: <laughs> Ethan disappeared again and Jenny's fine suddenly, and I feel like this resolved way too quickly, to be honest but uh, later, Buffy has to blow her allowance to get her tattoo removed, which that Ethan Rain <laughs> causing problems <laughs> they joke that Willow should be a watcher because of her figuring all this out which I disagree That was blind luck.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, so far she's got a better track record than Giles does.
2: (laughs) And uh, At school, Giles goes to apologize to Jenny. He's like, I tried to call you, but she left her phone off the hook for the night. And she's just acting way different and cold towards him, and I don't really understand why.
0: Because he got (laughs) her possessed by a demon that he created. Well, he didn't get her possessed. And then she got strangled, and all
2: the oozing and... But this was stuff he did as a kid. You can't blame him as an adult for it. Yeah,
1: but um, that's, yeah. that's kind of traumatizing. <laughs> but I wouldn't
2: blame Giles, personally. If it was me, if I was Jenny Callender, I wouldn't be blaming... I'd be like, okay, this did get a little bit too weird for me, but she seems like she's got some animosity towards him, personally, when really it was Ethan Rain's fault more than anybody's.
1: Well, I don't see the animosity. I see just the... Like, she's afraid, or either she's she's traumatized and she just needs to go curl up with some tea for a while instead of, you know, hanging who, out in the apartment.
2: Who better to give tea to her <laughs> than the Englishman?
0: <laughs> the whole feeling I got from her from her was very, like, like, let's take this a bit slower, and maybe that's because, you know, we don't, apparently we don't know each other as well as we thought we did.
2: <laughs> that's fair. And she said, I'm not running around hills are alive with the sound of music fine, but I'm coping. And, Which
0: is a reference to the sound of music. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I missed that one.
2: <laughs> but uh, he said, "I'd like to help. Perhaps we could talk sometime." And she's like, "Didn't he's like dinner or a drink when you're stronger?" And she's like, "Sometime maybe." And he's like, "Oh,
1: just walk." And away. his little heart got broken, I like, mm. and I felt so bad.
2: Like, no, we're getting so close, damn it! I was starting to ship it.
1: A Little but, bit in those pants, yeah. I was starting to ship that.
2: But everybody's kind of just <laughs> mad at Giles. This whole episode for the mistakes he made as a kid, like when Buffy's, I know, and like, man, he was a kid, like yeah. yeah but this isn't. This, this is isn't, a metaphor, though. It's a metaphor for you know people making mistakes as a kid, and yeah. But this is
0: definitely, it's not like a, oh, he's he's you know he tried pot for the first time when he's a kid. Just <laughs> it's like he's like, no, he summoned a demon from hell, and now several people are dead. Not several people when he was a kid. One person when he was a kid. Several people now are dead.
1: Yeah, I think when the death count follows you out of your youth into current day, the sympathy (laughs) level just drops.
2: Well, but he didn't, you know, they all did it too. The metaphor is their drug abuse catching back up with them. They're all dead. (laughs) That's their fault too. Yeah,
1: because don't do demons, kids.
2: (laughs)
0: Blame the two living people, Giles and Ethan.
1: But
2: Giles says, I never wanted you to see that side of me. And uh, Buffy's like, I'm so used to you being a grown-up, and then I find you're a person. He says, oh, well, most grown-ups are. And
1: <laughs> yeah, that was them. the great thats the the great lesson from the episode, and that's why it's such a good one.
2: And some are even short-sighted foolish people. <laughs> and They have kind of a heart-to-heart about it all. It's kind of sweet. And uh, Buffy's like, I think we're supposed to be training right now. And then she I got the perfect music. <laughs> so Giles, <laughs> she, you know you want to say it. It's meaningless sounds. Feel better? Yes, very much. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's not meaningless sounds. Then, it's the intro to heaven on my mind. See,
2: in the first half you didn't know that, and now in the second yeah. half you're knowing that. So you got some splaining to do, clairvoyance.
1: It was divine it was knowledge. Emergency clairvoyance. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But uh, Giles, just before they got to the training, he's like, City rollers." Now that's music. And I didn't hear that. And then credits,
1: which I thought was hilarious. I thought the ending was perfect.
2: And this is the most diverse ep- episode for deaths because we got a human death count of four. You know, implied because we don't really know about the ones that were crossed up. An implied other death count of three, a demon death count of one, and a vampire death count of one. And we got a missing corner count of one.
1: Oh, yeah. What happened? What happened to the coroner? We still don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> I just
0: want, like, an episode closer, like, in, like, season six, where it's like, hello?
1: <laughs> just knocking on the inside of the, the body chute?
0: Or, like, they're at the they're at the morgue, and they open the little body closet, and he's like, oh, thank God, it's, like, some guy with a beard, and I'm like, what? What
1: <laughs> have you been surviving in there? <laughs> There's just lots of mice. <laughs> So it's time. It's time of the time of the show
2: for us to give our stake ratings and why. So Rob, we'll start with you, you're our esteemed guest, and you got to go last for anywhere but here. So what would you give this episode out of five stakes and why?
1: I think I'd give this one a three. It's a little bit higher than the average that's been going on. It's certainly no five. But uh I, I think with Ethan Rain and Giles storyline, it just bumps it up a good full point from what the actual episode deserves. So, yeah, I'd say a three. All
2: right, and Claire Foyne, how about you?
0: I agree that it deserves a 2.5, but I like Ethan, so I'll give it a three.
2: All right. Now, I, uh, I'm i the bad guy here, I think, because I, I like that this episode gave Giles an expanded backstory. It was nice to see that side of him, and I like that it brought back Ethan Reign. Uh, overall, I don't think it was very memorable. Didn't remember it before we got to it. And I felt it was lacking uh, some plot in some parts, <laughs> some some good writing. For example, Angel's big hero moment. So I gave it a two out of five stakes, actually.
1: I I think that's fair. I, th- I think mine and Claire fondness for Ethan Rain and Giles would probably give it that extra point.
2: Yeah. Rob
1: Weeks is here. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast.
2: Now, you are from the Firefly Podcast, Balls and Bayonets Brigade. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
1: We are a real play role playing podcast using the Margaret Weiss Productions Firefly RPG system that came out last year. You can find us on Twitter at Firefly Podcast, Facebook uh, slash Firefly Podcast. Just search Firefly Podcast and you'll find us. Instagram everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, not yet on Windows phones. But if you have a Windows phone like me currently, you don't worry about it. Just wait until you get a real phone.
0: <laughs> I would like to correct you that uh, the Margaret Weiss uh, RPG didn't come out last year. It was renewed last year. It came out like years ago, and then they renewed and updated it.
1: That's the difference, though. Being the Firefly RPG guy, I can tell you that was the Serenity license. And the Serenity oh, license expired. This is the Firefly license from Fox.
0: That is true. That is true.
1: <laughs> that's that's been a point of contention with Margaret for a long time it was since the Gen Con exclusive, <laughs> and uh, she's had to clarify that many many times. So I try to make her job easier by putting it out there. This is the Firefly RPG. This is not the Serenity RPG. Although Firefly podcast does take place post Serenity, so all you <laughs> fans, sorry. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you very much once again. Everyone go check out Firefly Podcast. It's a good one. Wheatonverse Podcast Rating, 2.5 out of 5 states. Join us next episode where we'll discuss Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 9, What's My Line, Part 1, and Episode 10, What's My Line, Part 2. Both segments with Meg Griffin from Minions Minute and Outlandish Conversations. Can't wait until next week? In the meantime, check out 7 Days a Geek on tangentboundnetwork.com. All programs, productions, characters, music, and stories discussed in this non-profit podcast belong to Joss Whedon and or their respective networks. All music, clips, and discussion used is either original, royalty-free, or released under Creative Commons designation BY CCBYNCSA. For more information, visit creativecommons.org. Thanks for listening.